0: Yes. Dr. Edward Dretz will discuss a fascinating book he has mentioned several times on the radio show before. It is by Dr. Robert Lustig, titled The Hacking of the American Mind. Dr. Lustig himself will be visiting Bozeman on Thursday evening, March 8, at the Museum of the Rockies. This public event, starting at 5.30, is proudly hosted by Dr. Dretz. He will take our interest first this Saturday morning. It's Gazootite
1: with Jacobus, Saturday mornings at 8, on AM 1450 KMMS, where Montana talks.
2: To Gesundheit with Jacobus, Health Talk Radio, integrating allopathic and all-natural medicine one show at a
0: time. Here is your host, Jacobus Holloway. Uh, good morning. Good morning, everybody. So nice to be with you. What a really a wonderful program. The topic is exciting, and I hope that you have a chance to listen as much as possible and stay all the way till 11 o'clock. Uh, Dr. Dretz is with me in the studio as you just heard the commercial. The promo leading up to it, we're going to get to Dr. Dredd's in just a moment, but I just want to I want to tell you that uh, this is a topic that uh, may actually change your life. This may change the way you do things on a daily basis, and this may be the, the trigger to feel better, to get healthier. And so let's hope that it will be wonderful, and uh, let me tell you a little bit about the program. Gesundheit means health or good health, and that's what we discuss every week from uh, 8 to 11 on Saturday mornings and uh, right here on this great radio station. And it's not here, we're not here to diagnose, treat or cure. It's all about information, education and hopefully a little entertainment. Or we always recommend that you see a physician or specialist of your choice or perhaps that you contact the guest who is in the studio or by phone and pick their brain after the show as well. And I uh, just want to let you know that uh, this program, we've been going for 17 and a half years. It's been just an exciting journey for me. I learned a lot so far, and I hope to learn for many more years to come about these topics and the new research that's coming out. And uh, we, we just have on the pro- program, I bring on the experts. I give them a chance to chat about research books they've written, articles they've written, uh, their work in general, and then give them a platform where they can share that with all of us. So if there is any specific questions or comments that you have that you've heard about, you just wonder if that is the way it truly is, uh, this program gives you a chance to talk to the people in charge. Just want to let you know that currently, The weather in Bozeman is 23 degrees. It is cloudy, 23. We are expecting a high of 33 today and a low overnight of 19. Around noon, actually, uh, the uh, next few hours, there is an expected, I mean, snow is expected. So keep that in mind. Uh, The temperature is going to drop again tomorrow, low of 20, of a high of 21, low of 14. And then next week, we are moving back into around freezing time and up to the into the 40s uh if you are living in livingston uh, of course some of you are tuning in today and i appreciate you doing so but livingston is pretty much the same thing so (laughs) not too much of a difference probably a little bit more wind here or there now um as we are discussing the program cadang that's where something falls down that's live radio for you um as we are talking about this program i i do hope you you let your friends know that we that we exist and invite them to tune in on saturday mornings dr dreads university of california berkeley that's where he graduated he's a professor of chemistry and biochemistry has even worked at mit and he is a professor of chemistry, biochemistry right here at Montana State University. He has directed a research program in the biochemistry of cell signaling for about 40 years that has been supported primarily by the National Institutes of Health, the National Science Foundation, and private foundations. Uh, he has made significant contributions to research on animal and human nutrition during his research career. Now, if you like to email Dr. Dratz, you can do so at dratz, D-R-A-T-Z, D-R-A-T-Z, at montana.edu. Ed,
1: it's great to have you back on the program. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm always happy to be here, Jacobus, on your show. I've had a very interesting experience every time. And I should uh, tell Jacobus's audience, one of the things that's really neat about being on with Jacobus, he spends a lot of time looking at the background to the material that he's going to cover. And mm-hmm. so, I think it's kind of unusual in, ho- in hosts, particularly uh, health uh, hosts, in any way. But so, what we're the main point of this show is this tremendous opportunity that we'll have Robert Lustig here in Bozeman this Thursday night at the Museum of the Rockies that Jacobus has been talking about. Yeah, all March week. March eighth. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Lustig is the author of this book that we've been talking about, The Hacking of the American Mind. Yeah, uh, And this book contains the most important insights about what's wrong with a lot of our children and our entire society. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Lustig has been, quite a, for quite a while now, a real warrior to uh, fight to reduce sugar consumption uh, by children and adults in the United States, and to make some other Adjustments in diet, but the big one for him is sugar. And basically, uh, he has good, strong arguments that he'll present and clear uh, based on science and brain circuits Mm
3: -hmm.
1: that uh, we can't fix the healthcare crisis unless we fix health, and we can't fix health until we fix diet. Right. And he shows how diet has gone wrong. Uh, Basically, uh, we don't have the food pyramid in front of us anymore. We had it there for many years, and it's upside down. It's got sugars and carbohydrates is what you should base your diet on. Fill yourself and then, up with starches. Yeah, and then and sugars. Yeah. And at the top, the tiny little top of the food pyramid would be fats. Well, what you need is the right kind of fats, high-quality fats, but fats are much uh, are, are, should be at the bottom of the food pyramid. And we'll talk a little bit about that as we go on. But what Lustig is amazing, what he has good, clear arguments that if we make some steps to reduce sugar consumption, particularly, and from his perspective, this will solve the health care crisis. And right now, we've got a crisis brewing in, in uh, Social Security. And Social Security is built to have young people pay into the system yeah. to support the old people. Correct. And the original plan is there'd just be a few sick old people left sure. that have to be paid. But now, so many of the young people are getting sick yes. that they're requiring resources out of the system, and so they're paying less and less into Social Security, and yes. the whole system is predicted to collapse in, I don't know what the number is, but something like 10 years. Wow. And so what, that, what would that do to our society? Yes. Uh, he also, uh, this uh, sugar is at the root of uh, addiction, Mm-hmm. and uh, has good, clear arguments that this could solve the opioid crisis that's all around us, yeah. solve the depression crisis, and make America happy again. So it's pretty amazing that all this would come together, but Lustig has figured it out. He's very smart. He's uh, 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 been a doctor at UC San Francisco. Me- taking neo- ca- neuroscience doctor. Neuroscience doctor taking care of obese kids that have had metabolic syndrome very young. And uh, one little story is that one of the things that got him on this track was that he was treating this kid who was just tr- terribly over- overweight and had type 2 diabetes at v- extremely young age. Mm-hmm. So then the parents came in to talk to him, and they were really big too. Yes. And so he's talking to him, and he, he said, well, what do you do for a living? What's your life like? And the guy was a uh, driver for the Adwala juice company, you know, it's okay, a, yeah, very yeah, organic yeah. juices. You bet. And he was able to bring home all the juice that he wanted. So the whole family was drinking a tremendous amount of this very nice organic, you know, mostly fruit juices, probably some vegetables, but vegetables and fruit. And he said, well, hey, why don't you try uh, just going to water, try not, you know, drinking all this juice for a while. And they came back, you know, three months later and everybody had, you know, slimmed up the kids' type 2 diabetes had moderated. They came back, I don't remember the number, six months later, and everybody was in great health. The kids' type 2 diabetes had gone away. So these juices have just got too much sugar in them. I mean, it's fine to eat a little fruit. If you want to eat eat an orange or eat an apple, no problem. Or but, a carrot. Or a carrot, yeah. A but carrot. don't eat carrot carrot juice. is too sweet. Right, too sweet. And, and the same thing, if you think about it, you know, a glass of orange juice is made out of four or five oranges. Yes. And same with uh, apple juice. Yeah. And many of these juices have extra sweetening added. Mm-hmm. And the reason that there's extra sweetening, there's there's a- added sugar in, I, I've heard the number, 85% of the foods in the supermarket. And why is it in there? It's because people get addicted to sugar And so then they go back and buy products again that are sugar-enriched. Yes. So people get to liking it. Uh Uh-huh. And so. I tell you that I I watched, uh, you sent me a few links of
0: uh, Dr. Lustig and I watched it and it made so much sense. I mean, I have the book, The Hacking of the American Mind, if you folks have a chance. And Robert Lustig, Lustig is spelled L-U-S-T-I-G. L-U-S-T-I-G. I'm sure you can get it at Barnes & Noble, probably down here at the Country Bookshelf in Bozeman. Um
1: Find find your own source. I'm sure it was available on Amazon if that's where you like to go. It's not an expensive book. Uh, you know, I paid $16, I think, for about four or five copies. That I, gave I think to it says friends. $27, but yeah, well, uh, I don't that's know, the hard book. Yeah, well, I don't yeah, know. The hard twenty-seven.
0: Book, but the point is, it, it, it's not an expensive book. It is cheaper than medication today. And uh, what you learn from this, it makes total sense. He puts the whole thing that you thought was the right way. I don't want to say he puts it upside down, but he definitely uh, puts a few dents in it and makes you think and in a way that you can understand uh, because it is so ingrained in the whole neurological system in the brain. How the brain works, what happens in the brain when we add this extra sugar... The, especially, we're talking about the added sugar, like uh, like Ed is saying. When we add extra sugar to any product, uh, peanut butter with cane sugar, or you have uh, you have cereal with extra sugar, applesauce with sugar, uh, they add it to it in order to have it give it a longer shelf life, but also because they think
1: that's what people like. Well, the and, people do like it; they get addicted. to Well, it. sure, but and and the fundamental problem is that. Eating sugar is a pleasurable experience. Sure. But now if you go to brain circuits, what you find out that there's something very important about brain circuits, any kind of pleasure you seek, it could be computer games, it could be gambling, it could be drugs, could be alcohol, could be shopping, could be anything. Facebook, when you you get a pleasurable experience from that, uh, you get a little shot of dopamine. It's Mm -hmm. a compound called dopamine in your brain. And it's pleasurable, so you like it. And so you tend to go more for more. You get another shot of dopamine and another shot of dopamine. Well, the key thing with dopamine is that it's called an excitatory neurotransmitter in the brain. And the brain has protective mechanisms to not be overexcited. So what it does when you get a high level of excitement with dopamine in the brain, it turns down the receptors for dopamine. It's like turning down the volume of your radio. It's kind of the body itself, the brain it's a itself, perceptive self-protective self-protective, mechanism. Yes. Because if you overexcite those those uh, neurons, they eventually die. And that's how you end up with addiction. But in the early stages, what happens is you get more dopamine, more dopamine, and you need more and more stimulus to get the same response because the, 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 the receptors are inhibited. Okay. And so. You, get, uh, you tend to get addicted to that stuff, including sugar, yeah. okay and so the problem is it doesn't make you happy. <laughs> it tends to make you kind of depressed, dependent, because, yeah, dependent you dependent on it, and yeah. you're always getting asking for more. yeah but now, if you really wanted happiness, the brain circuit, as Lustig explains, and this is well known, he's just taking known information, the happiness circuit, the contentment circuit, is a different circuit. it's serotonin, yes. And serotonin is the one that makes you feel content and you know, happy at one with the world, if you like. You've had enough. You know, it's, this, Things are going good. Mm-hmm. That's great. But the problem is that the serotonin is a different kind of a circuit. It's an inhibitory circuit. It mellows everything down in your brain. You know, you get very mellowed and, and uh, relaxed. And so it doesn't shut down its own receptor, like the dopamine. So dopamine's excitatory, it shuts down its own receptor so as not to be overexcited, whereas the serotonin, uh, which is the happiness receptor, feel serotonin, oh, so serotonin is serotonin. the happiness yeah, yeah. receptor. You can't get addicted to happiness. I mean, yes. you just it doesn't shut down the circuit; it's just fine. But the key here is that high dopamine inhibits the serotonin circuit, mm-hmm. so that the addiction circuit inhibits the happiness circuit. Right. So the more you get addicted to whatever you you're you're, uh, addicted to, whether it be Facebook or sugar or maybe a combination, you uh, get less and less happy, tend to get more and more depressed. And so that
0: to me was such an amazing explanation. And thank you for saying that. It's one of the keys that he is trying to explain to us that for the last forty to fifty years we have been our mind has been changed into believing that happiness is pleasure. And pleasure, he says, is actually a feeling that we have that is very short-lived. And we, once we pleasure, in order for us to, to get pleasure, we are willing to set a strategy to get there. And he said, so we're going on this pathway of finding rewards. And the rewarding program, that's where the dopamine comes in, yep. whereas happiness is a, what he says, the best way to, for him to understand happiness is to use the Greek philosopher Aristotle, who's, who used the word contentment. And contentment is a state of being. It is something that you build up in life, because if you're three years old, you don't understand what the word happiness is. Uh, But when you are 60, you go, you know, when I look at it, would I do my life over again? If I do my life over again, would I do it any different? And most people say, actually, probably not. Because (laughs) I I am where I am today because of right and wrong choices. But has made me a better person, a more mature person, a wiser person. And there is a certain happiness in people if they understand the word happiness. But if we keep chasing pleasure, then... We are constantly not happy. We become addicted to this goal that is unattainable in the long end.
1: Yeah. It could be making money. You know, if you're only focused in your life Correct. on making money, yes. like there's studies of stockbrokers, you know, yes. who make a lot of money and they're desperately unhappy people, they get these big rushes, but they all, a lot of them end up being addicted to cocaine to try to replicate that rush they get out of a big Money deal. Okay? Correct. Good point. And, yeah, yeah. And so they end up very unhappy. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so... You know,
0: a couple of weeks, a week and a half or two weeks ago, there actually was a survey that was published. It said, how much money do people need to make mm-hmm. in order to feel happy? Ha <laughs> ha. And you know what it was? No. $95,000 a year. Huh. They said sixty five to 75000 a year was good. They felt they could pay the bills, but they didn't really feel they had any extra But in general, people say... No cushion
1: against something happening. That extra
0: cushion. So it was not like, oh, I got to make a million. So it is interesting in the whole realm of politics that people talk about the rich, the rich, the rich. Personally, I don't know if I have the character to deal with billions of dollars. (laughs) You know, I'm just not that kind of person. And even if it is many millions of dollars, if I would have that, I don't know if I would understand what that means and how we have to do it. But when they mentioned $95,000 a year actually makes people happy,
1: I thought that was an interesting concept as part of this discussion. So the main hack, the reason that the book is the hacking of the American mind, is that the main hack he puts his finger on is the confusion between pleasure and happiness. So the commercial forces in our country have sold us the idea that if we only pursue this pleasure, whatever it is, maybe it's a better whiskey or maybe it's whatever it is. In some cases now, commercial marijuana, making more money shopping for these products or eating more sugar. People have been confused to think you can buy happiness by buying these products or making this money. But it turns out it's just not true. You can't. And pleasure, he sort of lays this out. You'll hear this in much more detail if you Come to the talk, and I really encourage you to come to this talk. One thing I want to say about the talk is that they are going to record it, and they are going to rebroadcast it and make it available. Okay. And there are other shows on the on the web that that Lustig has has recorded is on the web now. But I tried to get them to put the sound down in the basement. There's a there's a meeting room down there, and they said they technically couldn't do it. So okay. So that means that you know if you really want to. Be there. You should get there a little bit early. I see. And it may be you get there at five thirty, and there'll be seats. You never know. Yeah. You know, who's going to show you up? Know. You got a snowstorm, and it's cold. You know, people may not come out, but you or you just don't know. So, but um, if all your students are coming, the seats will probably well, be taken. No, I don't have that many students. There. I've got a class of uh, fifty kids who have read the book. Yeah. And I can confess, they're going to get a little extra credit for coming <laughs> to the talk yeah. and writing down some new things they learned at the talk that they didn't pick up out of the book. Yeah. So, you know, some of them will be there. Some of them won't, probably won't. So they're only going to take up 25 seats, I would think. And there are other people that, uh, so you have a break coming up here? Yeah, we got a break coming up. Uh, let's take the break. And then when we come back, we're going to continue with this. Dr.
0: Edward Dratz, professor of chemistry, biochemistry, is my guest today on Gesundheit with Jacobus. We are discussing the book by Dr. Robert Lustig, medical doctor, who it's called the hacking of the american mind the science behind the corporate takeover of our bodies and brains stay tuned we'll be right back dr Dratz, edward dreads with me in the studio he is a very, very welcome guest. Uh, this is, I think, the ninth time that he is on the program. And I, uh, Ed, you don't even know that, but you were on with uh, Jerry Schleser uh, yep. a few a few yep. years ago, 2016. Well, no, 2016. A, was it 2016? 2016. That long ago? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. my
1: goodness, time flies. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and when you were, you know, when you were on by yourself talking about metabolism and fats? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know when it was? No, it was a long time ago. August 2013.
1: Whoa. Whoa! Long time ago, so it's so. Why uh, haven't you invited me back?
0: Because you're too busy. Every time I ask uh, you, you go uh, like, "Well, let me think. Let me see if I have time in my schedule." And then you have your people call my people, and then we never get to an agreement.
1: <laughs> too bad. Well, I'm <laughs> always happy to be here. Thank you. you so know, when much. it actually happens, yeah. But yeah, I
0: know you're busy, but, but it's so much fun because you're so wise. Uh, it's not just your knowledge; it's just your wisdom.
3: Well, gee, I totally right.
0: thank, you, thank yeah, you. Yeah, you're welcome. So we're talking about the work of Dr. Robert Lustig. The Hacking of the American Mind, a book that came out in September of 2017. It is available in local bookstores and on Amazon, and some of the concepts that uh, there's, a, there's a person on phone who keeps hanging up. Caller, can we help you? What's your oh, name? Hi there.
4: <laughs> hi there, this is Mary. Hi, Mary. And, hi. Uh, has the gentleman talked about peace that only God can give us? Or not, not yet, not yet, oh. but,
1: uh, but this guy okay. Lustig About what? Peace. 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 Peace that God P-E-A- can give us. Yeah, yes. well,
4: P-E-A-C-E. Lustig I... is
1: very positive about religion. He says yeah. religion can help your connection with other people as you get in a you know religious group, and he has a whole yeah. part the, the about cease. that. Yeah, that's right. But if you did you hear that this professor from San Francisco has insights that— are probably the most important insights I've ever heard in terms right. of what's wrong with our children, what's wrong with our society, why is the United States getting sicker and sicker and yes, sicker. Yes. And mm-hmm. yeah. uh, there are many factors. The fundamental one is the confusion between pleasure and happiness, mm. and it's all about brain circuits. And yep. I urge you to come to his talk because it's just a tremendous opportunity we have to hear from the man and maybe ask him a few questions because uh and he's one of the things i found interesting about it is he's very positive about religion
4: all right well thank you for explaining that to me yeah
1: you bet thanks
4: mary thank you
1: bye bye
0: yes i gotta be honest with you i mean you're absolutely right that is one of the four c's that we can do uh connection and coping and uh, cooking and there was another one another one yeah yeah but I don't really understand, personally, I don't understand where the call comes from.
1: I'm a little confused. Well, she didn't hear the first part. She just came in just at 8.30. Yeah, just at yeah, so right. she did So she didn't hear any of the earlier introduction. Because I don't understand what it has to do with the sugar. But anyway. Well, when she hears these kind of things, she's yeah. worried about no, no, you know, no, people I, being I, not using religion to help them. Oh, yeah. to deal with those addictions, for yeah, example. Yeah, yeah yeah, for yeah, example. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. So the fundamental problem, the hack, he says, is the confusion between pleasure and happiness. And the problem is, I stated this briefly before, but pleasure is good, but it turns on a a pathway in the brain called the dopamine pathway. And the problem with that one is you tend to need more and more and more of that and you tend to get addicted to it. And the happiness pathway is serotonin and that gives you contentment and peace and peace with the world. And that one is you don't, you can't overdose. You can't get addicted to that. But the addiction pathway makes the happiness, shuts off the happiness pathway. So you get addicted to things and you tend to get less happy, more depressed, more reliant on substances and so forth. So pleasure is short-lived. Happiness tends to be long-lived, has more staying power. And this is his points. Pleasure is sort of visceral in your guts you know you you feel this whereas happiness is more ethereal more Mm -hmm. uplifting yes yes Uh, pleasure is more taking you know i've you know i've got i made got more money i've got you know better car i've got you know all the kind of thing whereas happiness is more giving giving to others sharing with others, giving helping society helping children helping whatever or whatever it is yeah uh pleasure tends to be experienced alone whereas uh, happiness is usually experienced with others, connection to others. Yes, And you can get pleasure out of substances, sugar, alcohol, drugs, whatever. You can't get happiness out of substances. It just doesn't work that way. And extremes of pleasure lead to addiction. You can't be addicted to happiness. So you've got the dopamine pathway for pleasure. You've got the happiness pathway for serotonin. There's one more thing. So serotonin doesn't get shut down by stimulus but if you have high uh, dopamine, that shuts down your happiness pathway. Yes. And so you, if you get addicted to things, you tend to get less and less happy. But there's another factor. Yes. And that is that if you're under high stress, that shuts down your happiness pathway. Too. Yeah. So high stress just makes it much harder. And stress bathe. is different
0: for different people.
1: Yes, sure it is.
0: You know, and uh, but people, when we get under stress, because we are high on dopamine because we are looking for the reward. So we're working on something. We're working on get a project yeah. to get the reward. We feel we will find the motivation. So the, the, the dopamine hormone is actually the um, motivation hormone, the motivation hormone to get your reward. And for a lot of people, that is we are constantly finding a new reason to be motivated. Mm-hmm. And to because there is always a new reward to be earned. And because of that, we now need to figure out uh, how do we get there even when it becomes very stressful. And so for many people to stay alert and awake while they're being stressful, they, they, they need to eat on the go. And usually when we eat on the go, we're waiting too long to eat we're waiting a little bit too long, so now we end up eating a food that it gives us quick energy, which is usually carbohydrate-rich foods. And if you add that up over days and weeks and months and years and decades, there is, it's not a surprise that when we hit a certain age, and this is uh, Professor Dredd, I, I tell you that once you build this up, the difference between a young person and, let's say, a mature person is life experience, And so what happens often is that when we're young, everything is new, we're we're trying to learn and do anything we can, but when we get older and we don't have the right nutrients in our system, I tell people there is a difference between the part above the neck, which is our coach, and the part below the neck, which is the athlete. The coach knows the routine, knows when to get up, what to do, what is on my schedule today, how do I get from point A to point B, et etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we do things based on routine, not because the body actually has the energy. We don't nourish the body enough. The body simply obeys the coach and is following and pushing and keep going and moving from point A to point B to get it done. And so what happens is the body is starting to get exhausted. It doesn't get the right nutrients. And so in order for us to get quick energy, we start nourishing the body with carbohydrates, which starts to create something that is called metabolic syndrome. And I, I really would love to explain metabolic syndrome. Uh, I, have, I, I looked up how to explain it. Uh, if you want to you wanna talk about it, that's fine as well. But before we do that, we have a caller on hold. Good morning, caller. Thanks for waiting, and thanks for uh, joining the program. What's your name, please? How can we help you? This is Clint. Clint, good morning to you.
2: Well, maybe I can help you guys. Shoot.
0: Live Clint. experience. How about that? Yeah.
2: I think the secret, you know, in today's world, and what's happening in our local news and our world news and one thing or another, it's kind of a stressful thing, I believe, on all the people. It isn't just you or I or us older people. I think it's on everybody, even the children and social media television, and one thing or another.
0: Yeah, it's all part of it.
2: It's all part of it. And so I found out a way to cope with that. When you see somebody on the street, you say, good morning. And maybe they'll stop and want to talk. So you stop and you talk to them. And before you leave, you'll say, man or woman, well, maybe you need a hug today. 90% of them or 99% of them will say, yeah, that's a good idea, and you'll give them a hug. Well, the thing, that, what it does for you it makes you feel good because you've made the other guy feel good or the other girl. And I think probably that love and compassion is the most marvelous thing that c- that can be had if you go about it right. And you're talking about the foods. Some foods make you feel real good. Some foods make you feel real bad. Like whiskey, you'll feel good for a while, and then you'll probably get to where you're not feeling so good. Okay. okay. And and then pretty soon maybe you'll get addicted to that or maybe you'll get addicted to opioids or maybe you... There's a lot of maybes.
0: Well, this is all has to do with that dopamine cycle, uh, Clint. That's right. We're looking for... Immediate result, quick results, and we cannot maintain that. Eventually, you start to crash, and that's when mas- many people, when those when those dopamine receptor sites are shutting down, and so you need more and more in order to feel that same tickle you felt the very first time. Uh, you'll find out that eventually it is impossible to do, and what happens then is people cannot get enough of what they need and what they need to feel
1: good, and they become depressed.
2: Well, I think. But, but- you know, I, I think like I think my cure is probably the best in the world.
1: Yeah, well, uh, Robert Lustig would fully agree with you. You know, and and the reason he'd fully agree with you, he thinks one of the most important things to happiness is connection with other people. Yeah, and giving to other people, and it's exactly what you're saying. And there's a there's brain circuits to explain this. Okay, he talks entirely in terms of science and brain circuits. Yeah, and it helps you understand what's going on. I think. Yeah. More deeply, so there's something in the brain called mirror neurons, okay. and when you're actually talking to someone and you're reading the patterns on their face, you're actually your brain is mirroring totally. a lot of yep. what that person is yep. thinking and feeling. That's right, and and that gives you empathy to that person, mm-hmm. and that connection is is so healthy and so important, and it brings happiness to you and to them. That's and, right, and it's your what you, you put your finger on. And he would agree with you. It's probably the, if it's not the most important, it's right up there. Yeah. Yeah. I, the connection with other people.
2: I think love and connection with other people, men or women. And I think that is probably the most powerful thing in the world is love. And the love of the human being itself. In other words, man or woman. Yes. Yep. Not, you know, and if we have more of that, and uh, other words, when you're going down the street, you know, Jacobus. Yeah. Then you, know, you see somebody looks kind of down and out. You go up to them and say, "Well, how you look? Are you having a bad day or whatever?" You might get into their mind a little bit. Uh, you might get poked too, but you, I don't think
1: so. <laughs> well, you don't. You never know. But connection with other people right. is a major path to happiness. That's that long-standing happiness. So you put your finger right on it, and Thank- I hope you'll come. To hear Lustig talk, because I think you'll be on the same wavelength.
0: Well, probably will.
2: The thing is, is uh, I'm, I'm an old guy, and I'm kind of busy even <laughs> But I might. You never know about me. Well, it
1: could be a life-changing experience, even for you, Clint. You're very old and wise. Yeah. But you can always learn a few new tricks.
2: You never get done learning. When you think you've yeah. learned it
1: all, you haven't learned anything. Well, no, you've <laughs> learned something, and, and uh, you obviously are very wise. Well, odd, he listens to the hand. show. He listens to the He's show. wise anyway. enough to listen to the show. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, well, i like listening
2: to your show there, Jacobus. I, Thanks. You know, there's some of them that make a lot of good sense, and yours is.
0: But yeah.
2: thing is, my big thing in life is people. And uh, I'm, that's the way I'll die, is loving people.
0: All right. Terrific, Clint. Well, thanks, Thank Clint. You. Appreciate yeah. it. Dr. Edward Dretz, professor of chemistry and biochemistry, on the program today, Gesundheit with Jacobus. So I really appreciate you are tuning in today. We are discussing the work by Dr. Robert Lustig, L-U-S-T-I-G, and uh, they call called the hacking of the American mind. I don't know. That uh, you know what uh, I, I wonder if Lustig knows what
1: his name actually means. He does. In fact, I have a friend in town that I uh, that traces uh, genetic histories and uh, of people, and uh, he also looks at the uh, origins of names. Yeah, and he he sent me. What lustig means? Because I told him about it. Yeah, this it means uh, happiness. Yeah, well, it has a lot of good meanings. I don't remember all the details now. Well, volig is kind of a kind of a joyful attitude. Yeah, yeah yes, yeah, yeah. It's a German word. Yes, and uh, lusty actually too. Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. lusty too. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. so he maybe is uh, fulfilling his own divine plan. It Could here. be. It
1: could be. So I sent this to to lustig. I said, yeah. Do you know this you know, about <coughs> your name? Yeah. And if not, you should. And he wrote back right away and said, Oh, I know that. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. He, he'd connected with that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Very interesting man. If uh, you want to see more about Lustig uh, before you come on Thursday, you can go to YouTube and uh, where well, you can go to robertlustig.com to find his website, Robert Lustig, L U S T I G. You can also find him if you go to Robert Lustig, The Hacking of the American Mind on YouTube. You can find uh, different clips of lectures that he has done. Uh, they are as short as uh, 30 minutes. Uh, there is a lecture, there is an uh, interview with Dr. Marcola is about an hour and then there are a few lectures that he has done They're about an hour and a half and uh, so very very interesting i think you'll learn a lot it was mind-blowing for me uh the, the the common sense that it had and um this is a man who is onto something that i really hope that folks will come to the lecture and dr adred said uh the seating is limited once the auditorium at museum of the rockies is full it's full they don't let you stand in the back or sit on the stairs. So make sure you get there on time. I hope I make
1: it on time. I gotta,
0: I gotta <laughs> cancel any appointments I have at five o'clock. But this is a, such an, such an amazing lecture. We're, we're really
1: fortunate to get him here because he's invited all over the place. Uh, yeah, you bet. The conferences in Washington and Europe and all over the place. And he's after he leaves here, he's going down to Los Angeles for some kind of an appearance. Yeah. And so he's, uh, you know, in great demand. And so we're very, very fortunate. That you forget those great. Yeah.
0: I want to explain to people a little bit about metabolic syndrome, because this is something that uh, comes up in the, uh, in the whole concept of the hacking of the American mind. We have been made to believe, about 40 to 50 years ago, that and this is really interesting, and Dr. Dratz has a, the book uh, there was a studies done by the food industry, and they actually bribed a couple of Harvard professors. They paid him, two, two Harvard professors, they paid him $6,500 per person, which is now translated to about $50,000 today, to publish that sugar and high carbohydrates does not affect the cardiovascular system, but that saturated fats and monounsaturated, so meat, and 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 fats like olive oil and butter and coconut oil, for example, avocados, that all that is dangerous and we should get out of that because that's dangerous for the heart. Avoid
1: and, saturated fat.
0: Avoid message. saturated fats, but don't worry about the carbohydrates. And that has triggered the... In the the uh, the growth of what we call the uh, high carbohydrate, no fat, low fat diets, the vegan and vegetarian diets, uh, people feel uh, feel bad about eating meats because of combination of reasons. But they are tend to believe that if you eat a lot of uh, a lot of. Uh, saturated fats that you can literally kill yourself. And Doctor Lustig, in his lecture, is explaining through his research that he shows that when you actually uh, uh, eliminate the sugars, you are eliminating a lot of problems. And we're talking here primarily about the added sugars. So, like Doctor Dratz just mentioned earlier, you can uh, you can eat oranges, but if you eat too many of them in orange juice then there is a problem. And too, if much you, too, too much, much sugar. Too much sugar, yes. So sugar, too much. People who drink a lot of carrot juice because they think that's healthy for them because, hey, uh, you know, rabbits don't wear glasses, so uh, carrots must be good for you. But there is something that um, that is in the, the 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 glycemic index in sugars and fruits is too much, uh, too high, if you eat the drink to juice because then you don't get the fibers. And, and so this you, is an interesting you know, thing.
1: I'll just interject something here. When you get too much sugar in your body, your blood sugar level goes up, and it's toxic. The high blood sugar level is toxic, so your body does whatever it can to drop that sugar. Yeah. Now, you can burn a little bit, but you can't burn it very fast. Correct. And you have some fuel tanks in your liver and your muscles where you can store some sugar. They're called glycogen, but they only hold so much. You might have heard of glycogen loading if you're going to try to do... Uh, you know, some long-term exercise, so you can get a little extra glycogen. But once you fill up the glycogen reservoir and you burn as much as you can, the only thing the body can do with that extra sugar is turn it into fat. And that's what it does. And the worst place to put fat and the worst sugar to make fat, fructose, puts fat in the liver. And what fat in the liver does, it gives you metabolic syndrome, type 2 diabetes, liver disease, and it's 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 the root of most of their our health problems. Right. Not all, but yes. most. There's there's other aspects that we can talk about in a minute, but uh, this that's you know the metabolic syndrome is a is a complicated term, but fundamentally it gets down to fat in the liver, and the reason that we know this, I mean, there's lots of good data, but the most striking data comes from uh, people who are very heavy and have type 2 diabetes. Actually, a lot more people who are skinny have type 2 diabetes than people that are heavy that have type 2 diabetes. And we can look at that again in, in a minute. But uh, just to get past this point, uh, if a person is real heavy and has type 2 diabetes, and there, it's popular these days, or somewhat popular, to get something called a gastric bypass operation. Oh, yeah. And and so you... That, bypasses uh most of your stomach and so you get very much less nutrients in your body with a gastric bypass and what people find if they have type 2 diabetes well oh, at the end the type 2 diabetes goes away in 2 days before they've lost any weight
0: well that is a, that's a great point uh we're going to talk more when we come back because yeah. this is a fascinating topic and i think when the listeners understand this concept it will help them on a daily basis to find better health I
1: think so.
0: immediately and so some people that is literally within 24 hours you can tell a difference but uh, we're going to tell nice a little studies so. of kids that yeah are, or nine, ten days. Days. nine, nine or, days. or ten days what what they could feel so uh, anyway you are listening to Gesundheit with Jacobus I am your host Jacobus Holloway and Dr. Edward Dretz my guest in the studio today talking about the work of Dr. Robert Lustig the hacking of the American mind is a book you can find the hacking of the American mind very interesting Just doing the break, had a call from Mary, who called in. Uh, she was really enjoying the program, and she said that working with children and actually in, incorporating more vegetables, especially the vegetables that grow above the ground because they have less sugar in them than the ones that grow underneath the ground, can make a tremendous difference in in their behavior and in the way they feel, and uh, thereby helping to avoid uh, sugar problems and diabetes, etc. And um, so she is really enjoying the program. Today, my guest is Dr. Edward Dretz. Uh, good morning, Ed. Thanks for being here.
1: Oh, Jacobus, it's always a great pleasure. And uh, so I'm so excited about this opportunity of Robert Lustig coming to Bozeman to talk this coming Thursday at 5.30 at the Museum of the Rockies. And he's a warrior to improve uh, the health of our children and our, and our society. Yes. And uh, that one of the key, key things is people get too much sugar. They get addicted to sugar, and if the body gets too much sugar, what it does is turns it into fat in the liver. And when you have fat in the liver, you become insulin resistant, and that raises your insulin level, and that makes more fat, mm-hmm. because the higher your insulin level is, the more your body makes fat. And the reason for that is, if you eat sugary stuff and your blood sugar level goes up, then the body, that's, that's an alarm to the body, because high sugar is toxic. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, you know, people with diabetes that have high sugar, they lose their eyesight. They their kidneys kick out. They have to have kidney dialysis. Uh, neuropathy, neuropathy, right? Which uh, could lead sores, to amputations, sores. Yeah, sores on their their feet, particularly not a good enough circulation. They tend to not heal. They have to get their feet cut off. I mean, it's that's the high sugar that's causing this toxicity. Yes. Okay, and so uh, it turns out that high sugar is just as toxic to the body as excessive alcohol. Right, okay. And Robert Lustig published a paper a couple of years ago in the most prestigious journal in the world, science journal, it's called Nature, and it's called The Toxic Truth About Sugar. And he lays out the parallels between excess alcohol and excess sugar, and they're almost exactly the same okay, the same negative effects on the body, they create fat in the liver. And it turns out that more people that are thin have type 2 diabetes than the people that are fat. Yes. Yeah. Now, if you're a higher proportion of the people that are fat have type 2 diabetes, but there's more, you know, there's actually more type 2 diabetes in thin people than there are in fat people. Yes. And so, the fatness is not itself a cause Of type two diabetes, that's what people think. Yes, but it's not true. It's the fat in the liver that's the cause. And the best proof of this is if people are real heavy, it's becoming more common to get a gastric bypass. I mentioned that just at the end of last. Yes, yes, yes. And what's found there is astounding. The gastric bypass cuts down the amount of nutrient that gets into your body, so people eventually lose weight. But in the short term, what happens? is just in two days after the gastric bypass, if you have type 2 diabetes, the type 2 diabetes is cured in two days. Why is that? The nutrients aren't coming in, so the body burns up the fat in the liver because it, you know, it all of a sudden needs more energy now. So it burns up the fat in the liver in two days, type 2 diabetes goes away, and they haven't lost any weight. I see. So the fatness is a peril. It's correlated, but it's not a cause. And it's not the effect per se. Yeah, it's not a. yeah, it's the fat in the liver and there's all kinds. Lustig will probably show pictures of MRIs of people who are skinny yes. that have fat in their liver and they, they have type two diabetes. Yes. People that are fat that are fat as can be and they're healthy. Yes. There's lots of healthy fat. They don't have any fat in their yeah. liver. So because it they're goes, healthy to the yeah, it goes they're on the outside. It goes on the outside. There there's a lot of people who are healthy obese. Uh-huh. And so it's the fat in the liver that counts yeah and uh you were mentioning earlier this experiment that lustig did with kids who were very overweight they had type 2 diabetes very young young age they had fatty liver Mm -hmm. they had high triglycerides you've probably heard of triglycerides in the blood yeah they had that's the biggest risk factor for heart disease doesn't have anything to do with cholesterol this whole thing with cholesterol is a we don't get into that right now but it's 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 uh another red herring yeah uh they they had very high triglycerides fat in their liver very insulin resistant, so they were very getting to be very sick, and they were young. So they did a simple experiment. Well, it took a while to organize it, sure. but they took all the fructose out of the food, all the added sugar, all the fructose. Especially. I thought I thought he says added sugar. Well, okay. I thought it was all fructose, but Go maybe for it. that's Go a detail. For it. You uh, bet. Yeah, took all the fructose out of the food, and they put the same calories in. They kids are still on the same junk food, right? But they 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 didn't make nice food, right? They just took the fructose out. And put the same amount of calories in. So in they're talking, yeah. And they're talking about uh,
0: replacing the sugars with potato chips,
1: baked potato
0: chips, and bagels. Yeah. So they said we gave them that, and just to make a point that they said we're not going to make them lose weight. That was not the study. They the didn't study lose any was, weight. We yeah. wanted to see. They wanted to see what happens to the liver when we replace the sugars, the added sugars or the fructose, with. Starch.
1: Starch, yeah. So high starch isn't so good, but the high fruit sugar is what is it's poison, worse. Is poison. Yes. Toxic poison. Okay. So what happened to the kids was that just in nine days, nine days. The, 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 the fat in their liver went down. 40%. Triglycerides, the triglycerides went down and their insulin response improved tremendously. Yes. So they were well on their way to being cured of type 2 diabetes Wow. in nine days without fructose. Yes. Okay. And even on junk food. Yeah, they were all on yeah. junk food. They yeah. didn't have better food. They didn't have avocados and you know, yeah, fish oil and uh, yeah. They and didn't oil. have any uh-huh. of that, which mm. would have helped them. Yeah. But all they did was have uh, no fructose, mm-hmm. and the fructose is mostly in added sugars, high fructose corn syrup, for example. Mm-hmm. And the reason that's used in food is it's cheaper than regular sugar. Yes. So you take corn, which is a subsidized crop in this country, you have. Uh, cornstarch, and there's a factory process that turns some of the glucose into fructose. Yes. And so people, manufacturers, processed food manufacturers use that in foods because it's three times cheaper than even cane sugar or, or beet sugar. Yeah. Okay. That's why it's in there. Huh. And so all that sugar is toxic to the body yeah. because it can't handle it. Okay. And especially can't handle the fructose. The fructose actually, uh, lowers the energy levels in your brain and in your, in your liver and your muscles. Uh, the fructose doesn't give you net ATP, doesn't give you net energy. I see. And it's also correlated with increased gout Okay. Uh, that's another little thing. If somebody has gout, yeah. if they cut out the sugar, cut out the fructose, usually they get better. Yeah, and they think it has to do with meat. So they yeah. say, we got to tell you of the red yeah, meat. It, yeah. But at this, what do you eat with the red meat? Yeah, right. right. And yeah. It's, it's the, it's the uh, dessert sweet afterwards. sauce or the dessert yeah. or whatever it yeah. is. Huh. And so certainly, you know, if you have gout, try it. Uh, so what happened, the reason for this is a little deep biochemically, but there's a molecule called ATP. Yeah. Which is the energy source of your body? So I like dollar bills in the body. Okay. okay, it's used for everything basically. Yes, and if you take fructose, it cuts drops your ATP, and that turns on your metabolic process to burn more sugar also, and it does all kinds of negative things. But it turns out it raises uric acid in the end, that uh, is the cause of gout. So it's a good bet to. Uh, uh, reduce fructose and uh it'll help everything.
0: Alright we have a call on hold patiently waiting. Let's see what the caller has to say. Good morning. What's your name? How can we help you please?
1: Uh contrarian.
4: Oh uh yeah when when we get down to the hardware of the world we have addictions to other things than drugs and chemicals and sugars.
1: Facebook uh, some, Facebook Yeah
4: yeah and yeah, bingo maybe some, could be bingo. Uh, could be
1: bingo. Yep
4: could be yeah <laughs> Yeah, some think TV is uh, busy hacking the human daily. Yes, some it think, is.
0: Spot of the deal.
4: Yeah, lost its way from crude and aimless, uh, from education to crude nameless entertainment. entertainment. Yeah. But then there are others like me that think it's more damaging and won't even have TV in their homes. Does Lustwig uh, include media and microwave and make a statement, a dangerous hack to the mind, making us eat things we wouldn't and think thoughts we shouldn't?
1: Oh, yeah. Basically, it's all that industry has learned that big dopamine hits are really good for their sales. And they have whole routines that they do. Like, uh, you know, Coca-Cola has advertised for years and years, it's your way to happiness. Happiness in a bottle. Yeah, you, you drink a Coca-Cola and you're going to be happy. Well, that's totally wrong, okay? But, because but the, there's the nothing is,
0: in there. It's just sugar and caffeine and, and water. And a little and and coloring. There's, and, there's no yeah. happiness. Yeah,
1: there's no happiness in there. So And the Facebook people know this. The, we have an interview here of of the guy who was the founding president of Facebook, and uh, he says we, we build the dopamine hit into Facebook when you get these likes, and we exploit it. And now it's coming out that Facebook is harmful to kids yeah. because they don't get re- true interaction with people face-to-face. Like Clint, just, uh, like Clint is doing. Yeah, they get this artificial <laughs> dopamine hit every time they get a like.
4: Yeah, yeah there's a book out called Subliminal Seduction, But there's also uh, some theories that uh, the very energy, the electricity, the vibes uh, of TV are are damaging and and seductive. I suppose he wouldn't get into that because that's one of the uh, conspiracy theories. No, it's not
0: (laughs) not totally true, uh, Daniel. He really talks about it. He says you look at society today and how in the last 40 to 50 years, and he doesn't want to call it a conspiracy, but he he does mention it as a plot. He said this is a conscious move in order to make people dependent on dopamine and to make people addicted addicted to immediate pleasure and reward and in not seeking happiness which is a gradual increase of good things in your life that build up a bank of happiness and so the confusion of advertising on on TV and in programs. Look at all the sitcoms. Just thinking about it, it's all about the one-liners, and then you hear the people laugh. If there is even people laughing, I most of the time, if I've seen them, I just can't laugh. I don't think they're funny. But every line is finished with a laugh from the audience. They you you're expected to think everything is funny, everything makes you happy. You look at the talk shows, it's all about getting people with Oprah on the radio, on TV, and, and and just get this immediate like, oh, we're all connected, oh, it's all wonderful. So you have this immediate addiction to fe- emotional feelings. And uh, so we are being distracted from doing what we're supposed to do because most people do not set real goals in life. And if you don't have goals or you only have very short-term goals, then you're always looking for the immediate hit, as Dr. Dretz is saying, and that is the uh, that is the plot that he sees that government and food industry and and so entertainment. many entertainment and social media have computer all games. integrated. Yes, you get immediate results like computer games. You have to go from one level to the next level, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's all about reward. And at the end, after an hour playing that, you still are nowhere. You're still sitting on your chair, uh, having not accomplished anything else in life.
1: And, so. And- one thing that, that Lustig does focus on uh, that in, in along the lines you're talking about is the wa- getting the light into your eyes so late from watching TV or even working on a computer or, or, or a computer game, it inhibits your sleep. Right. It messes up your, your regular you know, sleep cycles Yes, by getting too much light too late. So that's another piece. He doesn't go quite as far as you're asking for a caller, but uh, you know, it, it, he's obviously sympathetic in that direction
4: yeah because yeah, I'm asking for the, the kind of electrical discharge coming out of TV might discombobulate the orderly firing of the neurons, but uh, I guess that's uh, take a, a brave person to start uh, harping about that.
1: Well, there might be something on that in the literature. I don't know it, it, he focuses more on the light going into your eyes so late that it messes up your your regular you know sleep cycles. And, and he's, you know, very focused on that. Your, your, your coping skills to be happy require that you get enough sleep. Yeah. And uh, so that's one of his uh, major points. Yeah. And uh,
4: Yeah. Well, yeah. okay, okay me. me. Uh, I'm going to uh, stride out.
1: Thanks, Daniel. It's good to, yeah, yeah. good to be able to agree with your callers. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We could agree with Clint, too, huh? So one of the things I want to also talk about just briefly is the sixty-one names for sugar. Oh yeah. You know, there's all if you read labels, it's kind of scary. But there's you look it up, there's all these incredible names for sugar that kind of hide the sugar in the ingredients. You know, like maltose, you know, who worries about maltose? Or maltodextrin or malt or, you know, all these different names. Suconat. Agave. Uh, agave. Now agave is really a hot spot, okay? Because if you read the, the nutrition literature they say use agave it's healthy sugar ah it turns out it's the worst kind of sugar okay isn't that something because agave is almost entirely fructose so you rank things uh, one ranking is glycemic index yes. the glycemic index is how much a food raises your blood sugar so if you if you fructose doesn't show up as blood sugar fructose can't be Metabolized normally. Oh, interesting. No. It, 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 if you eat fructose, like agave is 90% fructose, you see very little rise in blood sugar. So that's why a lot of the health people say use agave. But it's exactly the wrong way to go because it's the worst kind of sugar. It's high fructose. And that fructose then ends up as fat in your liver. It cuts down on your energy level in your brain and your body. And uh, actually, I can add one more thing here. Uh, I work on Alzheimer's disease in the lab, and it's a terrible, terrible disease that's increasing by leaps and bounds in our society, okay? It's not just because people are living a little longer. Uh, the Center for Disease Control has age-adjusted rates of Alzheimer's disease going up yeah. like a shot, okay? But it turns out that a lot of people working in the field of Alzheimer's disease are now calling it type three diabetes. Yes. and. What happens is, as some people get older, we don't really understand the mechanism yet, is that their brains have trouble taking up sugar, and so their brains are starving. Insulin resistance in the brain cells. Insulin resistance in the brain. So their brains are starving, and then their brains are calling for more sugar. So a lot of these people with cognitive decline have become sugar addicts. Maybe they were already, but they become more and more and more uh, craving sugar, because their brains need more and their brains are starving. Yeah. So if you go the other direction, if you cut out the sugar and cut out the starch, then the liver automatically kicks up making something called ketone bodies. Okay. Now, people are afraid of ketone bodies because people like type 1 diabetics who are, you know, a serious issue, there are actually very few type 1 diabetics. And if you're a type 1 diabetic, you know it or you'd be dead. Okay, so... Type 1 diabetics probably shouldn't do this because they tend to have high ketones already. But if you're not a type 1 diabetic and you go to low sugar, what happens is your liver automatically replaces the blood sugar with these ketone bodies. And the neat thing about ketone bodies is they're water-soluble. They go through the blood without any carriers or anything. They go through the blood-brain barrier. They get into the nerve cells and the nerve cells love to burn ketone bodies. So all of a sudden... The, the the brain cells are, are now longer starving and they start to function. Yeah. And uh, you probably know the book, Jacobus, uh, Alzheimer's disease. What if there is a cure? Yes. Uh, Mary I, Newport, I, right? Newport, she Newport. had it on the yeah. show. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's a story of her husband who had very severe Alzheimer's yes. and going to the ketogenic diet. Finally, she tried everything else. Yes. Uh, and uh, really brought him back. Yes. And... Uh, he event. failed
0: He failed at a national they were going to do some kind of a research project, but he yeah. was already too far gone yep, to participate yep, in the study. Yep, yep. And so, so then she put him on yep. she put him on uh, coconut. Well, she, tried,
1: she tried every yeah. conceivable thing, because she was an M.D., and she was yes. able to talk her way into various studies. But finally,, you know, to try things, she tried this ketogenic diet, and he popped back very quickly. Yes He was sitting in his chair drooling, not able to need 24-hour care. After a couple of days, his was, brain was working better. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember the time frame exactly, but after about 38 a, days. Yeah, a couple <coughs> of weeks, he was up and <coughs> vacuuming could, the house and yeah. contributing to, his, to the family and washing dishes. And he had never vacuumed a house before. No, so no. this was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so you know the story probably a little better yeah. than I do. And then eventually he, he got to the point where he was out taking walks and finding his way home. Yeah. And she said the most wonderful thing was he got his sense of humor back because okay. he used to have a great sense of humor. Yeah. So it brought his brain back to, to go to high fat, high saturated fat. Amazing. And low sugar. Yes. This has been known, not in Alzheimer's so much, but in, in physiology and biochemistry, for you know, 30 or 40 years that sugar is toxic and high fat is beneficial. Yes. Okay, and mm-hmm. Lustig talks about this conspiracy. Well, no, he doesn't call it conspiracy plot. That is a, he that's calls a plot. it a plot. It's a plot, yeah. He
0: said so this is to... a known thing.
3: Yeah, yeah. Let's get a caller on
0: real quick before we go to the break. Good morning, caller. Thanks for joining the program. Your name, please. How can we help you?
3: Hi, this is Gary Stoner. Hey, Gary Stoner. Hey, Gary Stoner. <laughs> Stoner. Great to hear from Hi. you. Hi, guys. Great. Really, really very, very good show this morning. Thank you. I uh, Ed, there was just a couple of questions I had. One yep. is, what about honey versus table sugar or sucrose? Uh, and then the second is, as you know, as cancer researcher, I constantly have people ask me whether or not sugar could be involved in cancer development, or if they have cancer, whether uh, sugar could be uh, promoting for the cancer process. And the answer to those things is probably yes. And what we're finding now in, in tumors that uh, survive radiochemotherapy, one thing they have very effective anaerobic glycolysis or you know the Warburg theory. Yeah. I just wonder if you could explain that to uh, to the public.
1: Boy, yeah. well that's a big order, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so basically what happens and, is... And I, I want you to know that we're coming close to a break, so we may
0: have to carry this into the new break. I don't know, Gary, if you want to stay on for that, or if you sure. want to call back right after the break to continue the How conversation. How long have we got? We got, we got 50, 50 Okay, seconds. Gary, so
1: I'd love to take a, take a crack at that so if you can hang on. You want to hang okay.
0: on a call back, Gary? I'll, We're going I'll, to... I'll,
1: I'll, I'll hang
0: on. Okay, thanks. All right, well, then we might as well take a break. But this is a very interesting, very interesting uh, topic that we need to discuss because this is a very practical solution for many people. And and it is indeed, I agree with uh, Professor Dredds when he says cut the sugar. But I, most of the time, I tell people start including more proteins and fats in your diet. And within three days your craving for sugar will go away. Because if I tell anybody who is addicted to sugar that they have to stop, they are gonna say they wanna kill can't. me. They so can't. they
1: cannot. So let's But take saturated a break. fat, coconut oil, things of that nature. We're gonna talk about it. We'll, MCT be right, oil.
0: we'll be right back. We still have Doctor Gary Stoner with us on the phone. Uh, Gary, good to be good to have you on the program. You're still with us?
3: Yes I am. Okay. I've really I've really enjoyed the program and Hearing about sugar in the brain, uh, this is all new, all new for me, and so I'm really l- hoping to get into the uh, the talk next Thursday by Doctor It Sounds yeah, great. Yeah. Come Good early,
1: boy. come early, and you'll get in. Yeah, five uh, I'll o'clock. To, I'll, yeah. Be, I'll
3: be there early. You bet. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> so you, so, so you want to ask about great, you want to ask about sugar and cancer
1: and sugar no, and cancer. I, I, okay. So first I, I of all.
3: I know that's not the topic today, but I thought, gee, I'd like to have you say a few words about that. Okay.
1: Well, first of all, I know you've studied berries and their beneficial effects and particularly black raspberries, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Black raspberries. And it turns out that that these berries are actually quite low in sugar. They've got a low glycemic index. And so (laughs) as far as fruits go, berries are one of the absolute best. Okay. So that's just a little thing on the side. But now when cancer develops, I believe that most of cancer develops because of excess inflammation. And that is another dimension. That's high omega-6 fatty acids and low omega-3 fatty acids are the main thing driving uh, excess inflammation, which then triggers cancer and gets cancer started. But once you've got cancer, then uh, the sugar plays big. I mean, there's probably a sugar factor in the initiation of cancer, too, but that's another topic, and let's not get into that one yet. We could talk about that more. But so what can happen with cancer cells, as you probably well know, but the audience might not, is when they are growing so fast, the cancers get kind of lean and mean. And so the the machinery in the cells, the mitochondria that are required for burning fat and using oxygen and getting a lot of energy, uh, they tend to Uh, shed that that complicated machinery because it allows them to grow faster and not have to make such complicated things in their cells. And so they become sugar burners. So most of the cancers burn tremendous amount of sugar. And it's it's not a very efficient way to make energy, but it's fast. And it's it doesn't require much machinery. So these fast growing cells can get rid of a lot of the expensive machinery and just use this sugar burning. So what happens then is if, in most cases of cancer, if you reduce your blood sugar levels and go to saturated fat, get rid of sugar, then what happens is you go into this ketogenic state and the cancer cells falter because they're they're adapted to burning sugar and they can't do very well. But your immune cells, for example, love to burn the ketone bodies. All the rest of the cells in your body can burn these ketone bodies. And so now the immune cells are reinvigorated and the cancer cells are weakened and the, the immune system has a much better chance of knocking down the cancer. There's a really good study where these radiologists were using proton beams to treat deep brain cancers. Okay. It's a little technical here, but these proton beams can be can be aimed down into deep into tissue and where they're focused is where they they burn the, the, kill the cells. And so they had the presence of mind to put half of their patients on the ketogenic diet. The other half they left on their regular diet. Mm-hmm. And what they found was they could successfully treat the brain tumors with the proton beams in the people on ketogenic diet on the lowest amount of radiation they used. It was like 10 or 20 times lower than the maximum amount okay. that they needed for the regular people. Yeah. And they found that they just they, they they could treat this cancer with much less severe treatment, ten to twenty times less than the regular people if they were on the ketogenic diet huh. and uh, these were radiologists, and they didn't think of trying no radiation, right if right. you're if you If your only tool is a hammer, you tend to look at every problem as a nail. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they they you, they treated it successfully with the lowest amount of radiation, but they didn't think of trying zero radiation,, yes. which might have worked. Sure. I don't know. But yeah, anyway, yeah. it's a very well done paper and it's in a prominent journal. That's just one case where getting rid of the sugar has you know helped those people, and I think it would, in most cases, it would be a good move. Uh, I had a friend, for example, a dear friend who li- used to live in Montana. And, and she was into health and so forth, but she got, she moved to California and I found out later that she got cancer at a quite a young age. And so typically what people do is, oh, I'm going to clean up my diet. I'm going to get rid of meat. I'm going to get rid of fat. I'm just going to eat fruit. And that's what she did. And she was, she was dead with, from cancer in two months. No way. And the the doctor originally projected it was going to be, you know, six to eight months she'd live, but she snuffed it out quickly because she went purely to sugar. Best. And yep. uh, so, you know, there's a lot of cases, but, I mean, I th- I think it sort of fits with what you asked.
3: It sure does. Thank you so much. Very good explanation, Ed. I appreciate it. Thanks, Thank you, Gary. Gary. Uh, okay. uh, now uh, you guys can go ahead back to the brain. I just had to have you address the cancer problem a little bit, but yeah. Sure. yeah.
0: Well, you you have done cancer work for 45 years, mm-hmm. so it's really impressive, uh, and I appreciate your listening.
3: Yeah, I've, I've been enjoying this very much. Well, so. oh, Thanks. Uh, keep going, guys. We'll Very see you bye soon. Bye. Thanks, okay. thanks, Gary. Bye, bye.
0: That was Dr. Gary Stoner, who has been on the show a few times, uh,
1: talking about his uh, cancer research and uh, black the, He's research. one of the country's experts in cancer research. Yeah, he grew up in Montana. He probably he's told from you. Manhattan. Yeah, he's right and, here. From and Manhattan. he's back in his family farm. That's yeah. right.
0: Yeah, yeah he said. So, I think he's trying to move to Bozeman, but uh, you know, uh, because well, of distance, et etc., and yeah, his work anyway, that he's doing over yeah. here. Yeah. But uh, folks 522-8255, 522 Talk is the number. You're listening to News Radio AM 1450 KMMS where Montana talks, this is right here in Gallatin Valley, and we're broadcasting also live in the Paradise Valley over AM 1340 KPRK. I thank you all for tuning in, and of course over the internet at KMMS AM dot com wherever you are wherever you're tuning in over the internet uh, thanks so much for doing so i hope you are enjoying today's program if you'd like to get in touch with uh, professor dreads by all means 406-522-talk 522-8255 or give us a text at 266-7617 if that's easier for you either a call or a comment uh, that'll be the way to go Now, we are discussing the work of uh, Dr. Robert Lustig, uh, written in the book The Hacking of the American Mind, and it's more than just the explanation about what is happening in the neurological pathways in the brain that uh, Dr. Lustig is explaining, which is uh, the explaining of the pathway, the cortisol pathway, which is the stress pathway in the brain, the serotonin pathway, which is the happiness pathway. And then the dopamine pathway, which is the pleasure pathway. We need some of that, but it's also the reward pathway. We're looking for rewards of anything that we do. We're looking for that gratification and that uh, reward, that the motivation that we need in order to find that reward. So all the best. Uh, to all of you who are trying to make changes in your life, and we are trying to help you over here to understand it a little bit better and to actually give you that motivation to make the changes. And uh, Dr. Dratz is just a-, a wealth of information and his work on fats, on the omega-3 fats, and uh, even more on the DHA part of the omega-3 fats is legendary and he is doing great work with young people in this country uh at this point more in montana but uh, his research is 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 groundbreaking and 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 is so necessary because it makes us understand much more about
1: what is going on i'll put a connection between omega-3 and the high sugar. There's really a neat experiment recently published out of UCLA. Do I have time to t- talk about that before the? We
0: we'll do. And uh, we have a caller. A caller, thanks for joining your program today. What is your name? How can we help you?
4: Hey Frank. Hey Frank. I had, a, I had a question. You mentioned about sugar. I like sugar a lot. Yes. And you said there was something to take. So, and in like three days, uh, you won't have
5: the craving. What, and I
0: missed what it was. Oh, thank you. Thanks for calling in, Frank. Um, wh- one of the issues is that we have 43 trillion cells in our body. And all these cells are trying to help us feel better. We need them, right? They work for us. Nice. And so even though we're not always active, we still have the cells. And so every cell needs proteins, fats, sugars, vitamins, and minerals. But it is not that if you have five different kind of nutrients, uh, categories, uh, the maximum we can stuff in a cell is always 100%. We cannot fill a cell with more than 100%. So if you have five, 100 divided by five is 20%. So that means 20% protein, 20% fat, 20% sugar, etc. But that's not the way it is. Uh, uh, There is research that shows that about 50 to 60% of every cell depends on amino acids or proteins. And about 25 to 30% depends on fats. We're talking about healthy fats here like olive oil and fish oil, omega-3, omega-6s, some omega-6s. Uh, we also talk about coconut oil and butter. And then you have about 10% is sugars, and then you have a couple percent uh, vitamins, a couple percent uh, minerals. Can and I that, interject one thing? Go the for it. The body
1: has no need, no physiological need for sugar. Does, there's no need. I mean, people get like it. Sure. But but you, you can be perfectly 100% healthy without any sugar.
0: Right. That, that's you know, a
1: great. you
5: get it from other food, right?
0: Yeah, you can get it naturally from other foods. But one thing, what right. kind of an analogy I like to make, and I don't know if Professor Dretz likes that, but let's say you have a fireplace in your house and uh, you have work to do upstairs. So you need to build a fire. Now, you can put in wood, right? We need wood to build, to build mm-hmm. a fire. So if you put in a stack of newspapers, you can never leave wood, paper comes from the tree, so it's also a wood product, but your fire will never get big, never get hot, and it won't burn very long. So you cannot leave the fireplace in order to get some work done upstairs. Now, if you put in a little bit of paper to get the wood going, to get the logs going, which are your proteins, once they're going and you need to come down after an hour to, put, uh, to rebuild the fire a little bit, all you do is put on another log, And the logs are your proteins and your fats. They burn about 60 times longer per weight in your body than it it takes for you to burn sugars. So sugars don't have any essential need in our body, no essential function in our body uh, besides just giving energy to the brain so the brain can think. But the brain, we can train the brain to become more dependent on fats, The problem that we have is that if we eat too much protein the enzymes in the body can actually convert some of that protein into sugars and take that to the brain so the the support that we need for brain function would be more fat protein and when, when you do that your brain starts to work with this as new fuel and it doesn't crave the paper once your fire is going And you come downstairs and you would put on whatever fire is left, you put on the newspapers, it burns again. Within five minutes, it's gone. So you don't get a lot of heat, a lot of energy from that. So if you eat sugar during the day, you get a quick rush of fire, you get a flame burning very quickly, but within 20 minutes, it's gone. But if you put in proteins and fats you're going to feel fine for the next two to three hours. And that's a big difference. We simply have to retrain the body. So I'm not telling people when they come in and say, I love sugar. I don't say, you got to get off the sugar. I'm just telling them to eat more proteins and fats. And what happens is naturally within two to three days, your craving for sugar simply will go out the window.
3: Oh,
1: just by okay. eating proteins and fats. Yeah, and, but, and but, vegetables. But But there's uh, the quality of the fat is concerned. The quality of the fat. And what you need to focus on actually is more saturated fat. Correct. (laughs) Which people have been told not to use because it's got very sustaining burning power. But there's one other fat that's super, super important, and that's long-chain omega-3s, you know, like in fish, for example. Yep. And there's experiments that are just brilliant that were just published in uh, at UCLA and it's on rats and it's too bad it's on rats I wish it was on people but it's very much harder to organize dietary experiments on people but let me tell you about the rat experiments because it may give you hope okay and that is that what they did is they put these rats on what's called the soda pop diet so that they put 15 percent fructose in their drinking water they didn't make any other changes in the diet didn't make any changes in the cages nothing else and uh, the, the, what happens to the rats on the soda pop diet is they get fatty liver, they get cirrhosis, and they get type 2 diabetes. But what they measured in, in UCLA, the other people have done that experiment. They also get cognitive decline. Their brain starts working less well. Okay, But then, well, it's kind of a long story, but they put in this long-chain omega-3 from fish oil, DHA, that's crucial for brain function. They gave that to some of the rats at the same time as the soda pop diet. And what they found, they still got fatty liver, but they didn't get cirrhosis, they didn't get type 2 diabetes, and they didn't get cognitive decline. So the DHA, the long-chain DHA, is an antidote to a bad diet. So if you like sugar crank up your dha and and you can get it from jacobus you can get it from other places the the i don't so much like the the fish oil cuz you know the big fish oil pills are like horse pills uh, right. and it's hard for most people to take but the most important part of the fish oil is about 20% and it's uh your companies several companies purify that and that makes a small pill and so you can get the most important thing and fairly inexpensive you know it's uh, i don't know 15 bucks a month or so, roughly. Uh, and uh, uh, we don't have experiments exactly in people to show that it works the same in, as in rats, but it's probably likely, and there's lots of other evidence that this DHA helps your, all your tissues in your body and your brain. So it's a good bet, yeah. and it okay. may allow you to use a little more sugar, but I, I'm not sure about that last comment.
4: All right. What about honey? Is that uh, like a replacement
1: for sugar? Or? Uh, honey is yeah, sugar. Honey is sugar. It's really not much better. It's uh, okay. it, it's it's probably a little better, but I would keep that down as well. Uh, okay. And uh, agave, avoid agave. Uh, oh yeah, I know
4: that.
1: Yeah. Okay. Except in tequila, he said. Well, but then, yeah, but true. then the the you can still do tequila, Frank. Yeah, you can Switch do tequila, that with honey. <laughs> yeah. But see the in the tequila there's no fructose left. That's the right. uh fermentation burns it up. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay. All right, thank you very much. Yeah, good luck with everything. Thanks for the call. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. I hope that wasn't too long. No, you the whole I
0: I I gave you I gave you 3 hours so you can say whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> with Dr. Dretz Edward Dretz uh, professor of chemistry, biochemistry we are discussing with uh, him the work of Dr. Robert Lustig. His latest book, which just came out in September of 2017, is called The Hacking of the American Mind. And it says over here by Dr. David Perlmutter, who is an author of the New York Times bestseller Grain, Brain, and Brain Maker. He says, explores, the book explores how the industry has manipulated our most deep-seated survival instincts. And... Um, So, a very, very interesting book where Dr. Lustig first talks about the pathways in the brain, the neurological pathways, and he explains the difference between happiness and and pleasure, because many people feel that once they have pleasure or happy experiences, that that will give them happiness. Uh, but happiness is a state of being. It's a f- it's a kind of contentment. It's the feeling of contentment that we build up over time. It is the the chasing of the quick happiness that causes many of us to pleasure. pleasure, pleasure and happiness. Yeah, sorry, yeah. pleasures, a uh, pleasure, quick rewards uh, to 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 misidentify that for happiness and it it creates and that can be done by food so if you if sugar makes you gives you pleasure then the first time it tastes great the second time the dopamine receptors start to protect the body and say hey we got to shut down because sugar is really not that good for us so now in order to have more results we need more sugar to have the same feeling but we will never be able to copy that very first experience and over time these receptor sites are breaking down which causes us to take more and more and more and more to get that one hit that we need and so then all of a sudden we start having some severe issues and that is not just done in the food industry, it's also done in the social media industry, in the TV industry. For many people it, it's work, you know, we, we work hard because we want the boss to like us and we work hard to get that raise and once we have a raise that gives us self-gratification. But then we go, well hey, if the boss paid us this much, we maybe he can pay us more. So let's work harder and so we become workaholics, we become type A personalities and we forget The important things in life, the connection with people, taking care of our family, spending time with the family, in order to which really would give us happiness, we are looking for that quick and long lasting pleasure feeling. And uh, that is uh, the way Dr. Lustig is explaining how that has been. Put into motion about fifty years ago in the industry, he calls it a plot. He calls it a plot of the of the entertainment industry, a plot of the, the food industry, uh, the, the drug industry, the pharmaceutical drugs, with giving you happy pills and antidepressants. It is a it's a big, big, big problem. And he said, if we don't understand where the cause is, we will never ever be able to create a healthcare system in this country because we are addressing it the wrong way. And uh, having settled that, Dr. Dratz is uh, patiently waiting to say something, but we have a caller. Should we grab the caller? Well, sure. Good morning, caller. This is
4: Chris.
5: My name's Chris. Hi,
0: Chris. Good morning.
5: Good morning. I have a question regarding um, immu- immunoglobulins. Yeah. In some cancers, your immunoglobulin count will continue to drop to the point where they say then you have to take a synthetic globulin shot.
4: Yeah. And understandably cancer or I
5: mean sugar affects your immune system yes and these immunoglobulins are part of your immune system is there anything other than cutting sugar out that you know of that will raise those immunoglobulins back up
1: well that's a very complicated question but uh, and I can't really take a stab at it but one thing I will comment is that, uh, there's nothing really that shuts down your, your immune system more effectively than stress. High stress, little stress is okay, but high stress actually shuts down your immune system and would, would make it worse for cancer or whatever you're dealing with. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So okay, I, that's thank about you. all well, I Well, I'll do tell you what, Chris, one. this is a very interesting thing, but there are things, like Dr. Draz is saying, there are things you can do. Uh, sadly, we have to run to the break. Maybe we can address it when we come back. But, okay, I, but, but I would look into things such as uh, colostrum, which is, uh, helps to build the immune system. There is the uh, effect of maitake mushroom and reishi mushrooms, which are all about be- rebuilding the immune system. And so I would look into those forms to help your system rebuild.
1: Yeah, it's a very okay. complicated question. I'm making a point with Jacobus at his uh, at the store. store to talk to him in length because it's we really can't cover that.
0: All right. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. All the best to you and we'll be right back with dr. Dredd. Uh, we uh, we we just had uh, Chris on the phone who asked about the immunoglobulin sorry we didn't have much time but in a nutshell there are all ways that we can actually help rebuild the immune system and, and and not feeding the body the the toxins that deplete the body and the immune system which would be in this case the carb the high carbohydrates uh, foods and the sugars and the added sugars. We By replacing that with your proteins and fats and vegetables that grow above the ground and perhaps by adding some nutrients such as monolaurin uh, or with colostrum and uh, medicinal mushrooms such as uh, reishi and maitake and agaricus. And perhaps an herb by the name of astragalus. Though, and 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 even if you do propolis, propolis is made by the bees, which is all about helping the immune system. Those are things, Chris, you can look into as far as supplements are concerned. And then, besides that, there are of course things you can do as far as visualization, uh, prayer. Uh, you can, you can. There are things you can do that are out there that not everybody thinks about. But when people get sick. Believe it or not, 65 percent of the American people will use prayer as one of the first, uh, in, uh, the first therapies to get better health. So it is an it's an interesting thing. Yeah, that well, we one uh, uh, thing is
1: is very positive on on meditation because it focuses your mind on on something, and your mind is not then rattling around. Correct. On all these other stimuli on Facebook, you're keeping away from Facebook, and you're not checking your email, and you're you know you're you're sort of Focusing on something more harmonious. Yeah. So anyway, there's so many things we could talk about. You just talked about supplements. So the path to, um, what was it? Oh, there's somebody on the phone. Yeah. Shall we take the call? Oh, sure, place? sure, sure. I didn't. Realize good morning, caller. On the Thanks for joining. What's your name? How can we
0: help you, please?
5: Good morning, Jacobus. This is Pete. Pete. Good morning. This is a quite an interesting show you got going on here. Thank you, Pete. But did you just as an aside here, I just want to mention this. You look at the world today. I mean, there's a lot of stress out there, I'll tell you what. And and if you listen to the, the, the several videos about the, the two gentlemen who were in on the early stages of Facebook. Yeah. Okay, one yeah. was a funny guy, and the other guy was actually involved in the, the setup of Facebook and how it operates. And the, Facebook is a horror show to me. They admit it, you know, yeah. it's it, They exploit human vulnerability, one of the guys said. And and now, of course, and they're stress promoters as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah, Sean Parker was the founding president. Right. And and he says, we built Facebook to exploit you. And we need to give you a little dopamine hit every once in a while because somebody liked or commented on a photo or post, and that's how we exploited you to get you hooked on Facebook.
5: Right. That's his own quotes. Exactly. And there was a, there's a, a nutritionist whose name escapes me now and, and concerning the, the whole thing about conspiracy. And, and he was asked if it was a conspiracy concerning our food and all the crap that's in the food nowadays. And he says, while he says, I don't think they're out there to intentionally harm us, he's to believe they don't care if they do.
1: Well, and there's a certain amount of truth in that. I mean, like if you look back at the foods that are our government subsidizes, you know, all these foods are, all these crops are used for processed foods. And it's all kinds of aspects of processed foods that are causing us the problems. You know, sugar is, is subsidized. Uh, corn is subsidized. Wheat is subsidized. Soybeans Soy, are subsidized. Yeah. We should get rid of those subsidies and subsidize healthier foods, foods yes. that have healthier components in them. Well, and I, and if, I, if corn, wheat, soy, and sugar is going to be raised, then people are going to be buying it. It's fine, but let's not subsidize it. Yes,
5: I agree. I started making a list just yesterday, and and it kind of goes like this: soy affects your testosterone. Fluoride affects the brain. MSG affects the brain. SSRI's and other psychotropics affect the brain. Um, the other, the one thing that nobody talks about, especially in the, the the, on the medical end of it, is Wi-Fi. They're, sure. they're talking about going for your phone is about 3G. They're talking about going to 5G, and they'll do it in a step. They'll go 4 and then 5. And that's, well, I hate to tell you, we have 4 We show. have
1: four right here now. So yeah. I hate to tell you. Yeah,
5: four, Right, 5 and, is and, on the way. And, and, yes, 5 is definitely on the way, you know. And when you talk about fresh, you look at your smartphone, the Facebook, the, all of it, and I mean, it's there's peer pressure everywhere. You can see it everywhere in there. If you just read it with an open mind to what's going on, you know? Share me, like me, help me, uh, give me money, whatever. And there's studies, about for it.
1: example, that say that kids pick likes that they think other people will like. Not necessarily that they really like, but right. they pick likes that they think other people will like. So there's sort of Manipulated in a double level. Okay. Well, they're, still, they're searching for that dopamine. Exactly. But yes. That's, Sean that's Parker what... knows it, and there's actually there's whole companies that will take an app that you've developed and make it so it it puts more dopamine stimulation into your app that you already have. Yes. Uh, My, there's commercial companies answer, to do that.
5: Can you answer this question for me? I I kind of struggled with this, and I guess I I think I have an idea, but I'm not sure. But SSRI Stands for selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. What is the purpose of the word "selective" in there? Is it is it supposed to be that it's targeted?
1: Well, it, it, you know, serotonin is the happiness, mellowness uh, hormone, but it's it, you know, when you when your brain cells uh, dispense it, it gets sucked back up again, so it, it gets a little bit but if you use these ssris you specifically stop the the reuptake of serotonin so it raises your serotonin level and you feel a little better okay it's a, it's an antidepressant just like cocaine stops the reuptake of, of uh, dopamine that's how right. cocaine works it keeps your dopamine levels even higher okay so you're it it exploits your own system so
5: i've read several articles where the different doctors, nutritionists, who have said that Ritalin, which is one of the drugs for ADD, ADHD, at pre-puberty, Ritalin is, let's say, a comative. But post-puberty, it's like cocaine. It's like speed. It has the exact opposite effect from pre-puberty to post-puberty.
1: Yeah. And boy, I have a confession on on Ritalin. When I was a young guy and I was trying to get ex- uh, established as a you know as a professor, I was writing a research grant, uh, my first big federal research grant, okay? Yeah. And uh, I somehow got a hold of a Ritalin from somewhere. I don't remember. This was, you know, what, 50 years ago. I can't remember exactly when. And I stayed up for 25 days straight working on that proposal. Wow. Now, I don't know if the proposal was any good, when I got done, but but you know I just got sucked down that hole. I never did it again. Okay, but you know you get you you get in the middle of the project and you've got half a bottle of Ritalin left and you keep going. You know, and so I mean it's it's powerful stuff and I I've I never actually checked in to how it works. I stayed away from it from that point. Yeah. <laughs> I think I
5: would have stayed away from it too. Anyway, thanks a lot. Thanks, George you, no,
1: you, you, you. Betcha. Bye bye. Okay, so there's a couple of things I wanted to get into. Serotonin. Serotonin. So serotonin is the happiness hormone. And we have to have tryptophan to make serotonin. And the problem is tryptophan is one of 20 amino acids, Mm -hmm. but it's one that we can't make in our bodies. So we need plenty of tryptophan in our diet, and it's the least abundant amino acid. So some diets don't have enough tryptophan. But then we have to convert tryptophan to serotonin, and there's only two steps. There's only two chemical steps. And the first, interesting enough, most of the serotonin is actually made in our intestine. Very little is made in our brain. Huh. But if you take, it turns out that vitamin D elevates the the production of serotonin in your brain. Okay. And it does it by elevating the rate-limiting enzyme. You have a several steps. There's usually one step that limits how fast things go, and vitamin D elevates the rate-limiting step in going from tryptophan to something called 5-HTP. It's 5-hydroxytryptophan. Yeah. Okay. And it ups it in the brain and shuts it down in the intestine. Oh. So you get more in the brain, but uh, and that's that's good for you. If you're say if you're eating irritable, you can't sleep and so forth. A little more vitamin D might help. That may be why sitting out in the sun. Uh, helps mellow people out. But for some people, it seems like the vitamin D supplementation doesn't work. Everybody's a little individual wow. and it doesn't work well enough. You can take the 5-HTP as a supplement, which is the product of this rate limiting enzyme. So some people do, you just have to test it on yourself. Say you're, you're jumpy, you're irritable, you can't sleep, and you take vitamin D already, uh, try a little of this 5-HTP and it might solve for you. You'd have to see whether it works for you or not. Huh. But it's, it's, uh, it's right on the path to serotonin. It'll up your serotonin. It may, may help you be. And if you're under a lot of stress, you see, you need more serotonin because the stress shuts down your serotonin receptors. The stre- right, exactly. So it all fits together, and Lustig sees it all clearly, yep. and he'll lay it out for you in a life-changing experience this Thursday. And if you can't make his talk on Thursday for some reason or other... Uh, you know you can find things by him on the internet as you're On YouTube yeah 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 there's several of them but it's nothing quite like coming and and hearing him and and uh, maybe being able to ask you a question of him yeah we'll have it. question period afterwards and also there's food after there's a reception afterwards there's free oh, food so if I you're see a student right. that should attract you yes. uh, a little free food <laughs> in his um
0: in his lecture he talks about indeed tryptophan. so why, he says, why processed foods, uh, excuse me, why processed food diets fuel depression? So he says tryptophan, which is the precursor for serotonin, is one of the rarest amino acids in our diet. But it's a mistake to think that the answer to depression is as simple as taking tryptophan to boost serotonin. The reason for this is because most of the tryptophan is converted to serotonin in your gut yep. and it does not freely travel into your brain. Dr. Lustig explains, tryptophan is the only amino acid that can be converted into serotonin. It's the only amino acid that can be converted into serotonin. Tryptophan is the rarest amino acid in our diet. Eggs have the most. Certain poultry and other avian species have some tryptophan. Fish. Yeah, fish, Fish, turkey, right? We know turkey. But fish are good. Fish are good too. Fish,
1: I think, are also very digestible somehow. Yeah, but I don't know. Anyway.
0: He said there is very little in vegetables. Obviously, carbohydrates have virtually no tryptophan whatsoever. He says it's actually pretty hard to get tryptophan into your body to start with. Take processed foods on top of that, then it's even harder because it tends to be tryptophan depleted. Moreover, 99.9% of the tryptophan that you ingest either gets turned into serotonin in the gut for your gut's purposes, or it goes into your platelets, to help your platelets help you clot. So, very little tryptophan actually gets to the brain. Top that off with the fact that tryptophan has to share an amino acid transporter with two relatively common amino acids which are phenylalanine and tyrosine which by the way are the precursors for dopamine. You can see that the more processed foods you eat, the more dopamine you will make because you will have the precursors for that. They will actually crowd out the ability to get tryptophan across the blood-brain barrier. But yet serotonin is the nidus of contentment of happiness. It explains why diet is so problematic. And so then he starts talking about the four C's, which are things that you can do that don't cost a thing in your own lifestyle, which are natural helpers to increase your serotonin production, the contentment hormone the happiness hormone in your brain, and the more you focus on that, the more you have a need for the dopamine, which is your pleasure hormone, which is your 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 goal oriented your motivation hormone, your reward hormone uh, that we're looking for. And and so there are a few that you can probably... Well, I,
1: I could just add a little something there. The four C's yeah, that he bet. talks about are connect, connect with other people humanly on a face-to-face basis, not just through Facebook or some other email or Correct. something. Uh, then uh, contribute. Contribute. Do things positive for society, for your family, uh, not just for yourself personally. That's another big pathway. And one of the interesting ones is Cooking. Cooking. Cooking is is, is a, a, a very beneficial thing because you take time, you think about the ingredients you put in. You're hopefully you're careful about what you put in. You avoid processed foods usually, hopefully when you're cooking. Yeah. And amazing number of people now, particularly kids coming up, don't know how to cook. Correct. Uh, well, my my kids were coming up through college and such. Yeah. Uh, most of their friends didn't know how to cook. Yeah. And and our kids learned how to cook. Uh, they don't early. even know. They don't even know how to boil water. <laughs> They yeah, put it in but, the microwave. Yeah, but co- cooking, it, it, you, you, you'll know what goes into your food, and you can think about that, and it, it, hopefully you'll sit down with your family or your friends or whatever and eat it. They and put the very, phones away. It's a very beneficial thing. Yeah, no phones during food, during meals. And, uh, and also coping is another of the C's, and that is getting enough sleep, getting some exercise, uh, things of that nature, whatever works for you. But, you know, one of the things that's 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 pretty amazing here that uh, uh, that Blustig talks about is that the processed food industry is tremendously. Uh, 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 profitable. Profitable. That's the word yes. I'm looking oh, for. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the food industry grosses one point four trillion dollars a year, but almost half of that is profit. It's astounding. I mean, even the drug companies only make like 18% profit. And this is like 45% profit because they put in cheap ingredients and they induce people to buy a lot of it. But healthcare costs are about over twice that of what the gross of the food industry. Uh, 75% of the healthcare costs are for chronic diseases, which are preventable by a better diet. Yeah, metabolic syndrome. Yeah, $1.8 trillion is wasted right now in our, in our preventable diseases yes. and treating the preventable diseases with pharmaceuticals that stamp down the symptoms but don't you know, cure the body, don't strengthen the body. Right. And so this is, we lose three times what the food industry makes and, and, and our, our, our uh, uh, national debt goes up and up and up. Yes. And so we could solve the national debt if we cut our health care costs. Yes. And so it all kind of fits together. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has charts of, the, um, uh, of chronic disease in the U.S., and it was pretty low all through Second World War. Yeah, and yeah. then chronic disease took off like a shot, and that's when processed foods came in. Mm-hmm. And there's all arguments tying this all together. It's not just the sugar, but it's also high omega six low omega-3, all kinds of other things in the processed food. So if you can cook your own food and you know what the ingredients are that go in and you avoid the processed food as much as possible, right. that's one of the big steps you can take.
0: But then on top of that, the food industry is such a powerful player in here because then that's why he says it almost seems like a plot, like they knew what they were going to do. Uh, And that is why when people's natural body, the system body, is not being nourished with the nutrients it needs, it is trying any way to handle stress that comes with daily living. And because you don't… Comfort food. Correct. So if you don't have the right nutrients, how can you handle the emotional component, the stress, or the mental, the brain fog in your daily life, so then pe- people say, "Well, stress went up, and 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 thyroid problems went up, and and." But then they don't realize that yes, metabolic it, syndrome went if, up, type if, two
1: diabetes went up, right? Heart but disease. if you
0: don't look at that, the body itself is not healthy enough to handle all that. It's literally fighting those stressors, and uh, and that is why people say, "Well, stress is up." No, it is the depletion of nutrients thereby not giving the body the nutrients it needs to do in order to fight the battles that causes all these other symptoms that are traceable, you can trace them back to malnutrition. And the
1: numbers, the number I have heard is that 85% of the foods in the supermarket have added sugar. And it's usually high fructose corn syrup Unreal. because it's much cheaper even than regular sugar. Yeah. Uh, high fructose corn syrup, you take subsidized corn, get the corn starch out of it, and in a factory they convert half the glucose into fructose. It's usually all glucose in the starch. And then... That's three times cheaper than even beet sugar or corn sugar, or or not corn sugar, but uh, uh, cane sugar is what I'm looking for. Yeah. yeah. Okay, here we are. Wow. Another break. Last
0: break coming up, folks, and then we'll go straight up to 11 o'clock with Dr. Edward Drett. So hopefully you stay with us as we're discussing this work by Dr. Robert Lustig, the hacking of the American mind. We hope you stay with us for this last half hour. There's more exciting stuff to come. So thanks for listening. We'll be right back. So uh, the book is around, uh, I think, $27, I think, so, um, but it is well-invested, invest- uh, very good information. And to discuss that with us uh, today, Dr. Edward Dretz, professor of chemistry and biochemistry at Montana State University, has been with us in the studio. So amazing how he just explains these concepts to us. Uh, so I'm very happy, Ed, for, uh, for you to be here today. Thanks.
1: Well, Jacobus, it's always a great pleasure to be here, and uh, it always feels to me as we get into the third hour here. Gee, I wish we had a couple more hours. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. we're happy to have it the is three hours. It is, right? And one of the things, this this book by Lustig, he's got such insight and it's such, I think it'll be such a life-changing experience for you Yeah, that I really encourage you to try to make it to the talk. Yeah. And one of the things, he's teamed up with some mathematicians mm-hmm. and they're doing projections of uh, the effect on the health of the economy of the United States by all this bad health. There's all these negative health impacts and increasing healthcare costs all the time that have started up since the uh, since the processed foods have blown up like uh, the 50s, 60s. Yeah, yeah. Since the end of the Second World War, it's just gotten worse and worse and worse. And so we're very concerned. I don't know if you follow economic growth, but the percentage of economic growth is a measure of the health of our uh, of our economy. Right. And what they did is a simulation is what would happen to our economic growth if we could get people on a low-sugar diet and they would then be healthier, or if we keep on the high sugar? And the projection is, is keeping on the high sugar is the percent of economic growth is heading to zero. And you know, nobody knows exactly how far out it would be, but you know, maybe 10 years or 15 years, zero economic growth, which is a pretty dead economy. Right now, it's sagging. The economic growth is sagging. But if we could get people off this high sugar, then the economic growth stays high in this projection. Now, you never know if these models are exactly right, but certainly the general effect is probably right. And so, uh, it's the processed food. The sugar is the worst part, but the high omega-6, low omega-3. Why is there high omega-6? Why is there low omega-3? It's purely about shelf life. It turns out the Omega-3 fatty acids, which are so essential for our bodies, just don't have much shelf life. And so the food processors get rid of the omega-3, and they replace it with omega-6. And the omega-6 is pro-inflammatory, and inflammation drives cancer, heart disease. And the high omega-6, low omega-3 deprives our brains of the omega-3 that our brains need. And if we don't have enough omega-3 in our brains, then we start to get anxious, can get depressed, then people tend to uh, self-medicate with drugs and alcohol, and uh, tend to um, uh, basically, you know, go off the deep end of being unhappy and and depressed, and even suicide is going up. Yes, in fact, childhood suicide is now outstrips death from childhood suicide is now outstripping death from a car accidents. So it used to be. That more kids died from car accidents, yes. but that's been coming down, down, down. Yes. And the death from suicide is going up, up, up. And now there's more deaths from suicide in this country and in, in young kids than there is from car accidents. Yeah, And so, great wow. And, and the trend lines are bad because the car accidents go down, but the suicide's going up. Yeah, And uh, a lot of these, that revolves into uh, the dopamine addictions and not enough of the happiness hormones and the serotonin. And then the high stress, uh, uh, are you going to be liked on, on huh? Facebook, uh, high stress cortisol knocks down your happiness hormones. Yeah. And the high pleasure uh, dopamine from any kind of addiction knocks down your, your pleasure. So you get less and less happy, more and more depressed, and uh, it's a bad spiral that our whole society is in. Yes, and the, is- the interesting thing is there are very few people who will c- actually admit
0: that they have an addiction problem to ma- no matter what it is. Yeah, some yeah. people are addicted to to work, others are addicted to uh, to sex or to alcohol or to smoking or to sugar, or to uh, to stress. Um, all these are addictions. That is why you sometimes see in behavior in people that they have a tendency to to fall back into a dysfunctional behavior or relationship. Because that's all they know. And they know even though it's not, they realize it's not right, they cannot escape it because they somehow feel that's all they know. So we might as well stick with something we know.
1: With Personally, and- my big problem i fought for many years is multitasking, you know, trying to keep many projects going simultaneously. And Lustig points out only 2.5% of people can actually multitask. Yes. And everyone else is playing at multitasking, but they're getting under more stress because of it. So I was I, thinking about you. Yeah, yeah when I, I heard I, him say that. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. thought, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. no, I realize this, and I've tried to, you know. Now I'm trying to finish one thing before I go on to the next, and it's hard to do. I'm working on it, but I think it's, you know, it's a much better way to be because I used to pride myself as this he-man multitasker, right? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people in our society do, but it's a, it's a fake thing, and and uh, so I've been trying to get out of this actually for several years now. Yes, only partially successful i see but anyway it's 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 better than uh,
0: continuing to do it
1: right yeah 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 so you have work at it yeah Yeah, yes, you have to work uh, at it yeah and and so the ways around some of these problems are these uh you know connecting with other people face to face yeah don't just sit at your desk and pound away at your computer uh uh you uh don't only work with cell phones contribute to to society and other people uh and uh Make sure your coping mechanisms are good. Uh, get enough sleep. Get some exercise. Whatever is good for coping for you. Sit in the hot tub, uh, and then uh, cooking. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Lustig talks about how valuable yep. cooking is as a as a contentment direction. Yes. So. Anyway, there's there's so many things we could talk about. I don't know what to do next. But
0: so we we talked, we really discussed the issue of metabolic syndrome. And I wanted to say something about metabolic syndrome because many people don't understand what that means. And so on one of the websites, uh, I I think it may have been the Mayo Clinic, it says metabolic syndrome is a group of five risk factors that increase the likelihood of developing heart disease, diabetes, and stroke. Now, these five risk factors are increased blood pressure, which is greater than 130 over 85. So increased blood pressure, high blood sugar levels, insulin resistance, excess fat around the waist, but in a way we should say fatty liver. That is really more important because you can be skinny and still have fat around the liver. Then there are high triglyceride levels, which is the amount of sugar in the bloodstream that does not get absorbed by the cells, but is absorbed in the fat cells around uh, in the bloodstream and then low levels of good cholesterol or hdl so increased blood pressure high blood sugar levels fatty liver uh, high triglycerides low hdl and it says having one of these risk factors doesn't mean that you have metabolic syndrome however having one will increase your chances of developing cardiovascular disease having three or more of these factors will result in a diagnosis of metabolic syndrome and it will increase your risk of health complications and all this is like what Dr. Lustig is saying is seventy-five percent of people who are currently using the healthcare system, whatever it is, who are falling into the sick category are suffering from metabolic syndrome. And that means that seventy-five percent of the of the healthcare dollars that are being used to treat people with these chronic this chronic disease are actually treatable it if they would change their diet and lifestyle and so it takes a little bit of discipline and i realize for some people it's been built up by decades and but you can start to redo something within 24 to 48 hours and like they did with these young children nine days complete difference in the in their body now it will be a little bit hard for three days but then you start getting better and then and, and uh, the
1: more saturated fat you use like coconut oil yeah. butter uh, best if it's butter from grass fed cows, if you yeah. can get it, uh, the saturated fat helps you very much. I could just mention that I've gotten on to using this bulletproof coffee, you know, coffee gets you a, a boost and I, yeah. I drink a little, well, I drink quite a bit of coffee. I like coffee for various reasons. Well, I was working on this big project and my collaborator was in Australia. And so I'd send him stuff and he'd be asleep and, uh, he'd send me stuff and I'd be asleep. So it made it a lot more cumbersome. So I was, pulling really long hours and trying to get push on getting this thing done. And I just found that in the middle of the afternoon, I was, you know, I was falling out of my chair. Yeah. So I'd remembered this bulletproof coffee idea. And what you do is you, you make a good strong cup of coffee and then you put a couple tablespoons of butter in there. Salt-free butter tastes better than the salted butter. And then a couple of, uh, tablespoons of, of, uh, MCT oil, which yeah. is derived from coconut oil, or this brain octane is even better, but that's a little fine point. And then you homogenize that together. And what I found is you get the little lift from the coffee, but then the saturated fat stays with you for energy for four or five hours. And it's the fat that goes straight to the brain. So it, it, wa- it wakes up it's your the brain. whole body and wakes up your brain. It yeah. keeps your brain functioning, keeps yes. you clearer. High saturated fat. Yeah. And the short chain mm-hmm. ones work better than the long chain yeah. Because I like to use rapidly. the little uh, hand
0: mixer, the little thing with the knife yeah, on the what bottom. I do. That's what I use because that makes it kind of uh, creamy looking. Yep, I use if a you just hand use mixer. a tablespoon, it just looks like a like a Greek no, no. You have starch. to
1: use a, a homogenizer, some kind. Yeah. And the one that drops in the cup correct uh, works the best. Yes, so it's just one path, and I, I, it keeps your energy going so much longer. But it's the saturated fat yes. that keeps your energy going. Okay? Great point. Great yeah, point. so it's just another little thing that we I could mention along the way. Because people have been so scared of saturated fat, but it goes back to this thing at Harvard thirty years ago, where they paid off the doctors. Yes, to the sugar industry paid off the doctors to say that sugar was the problem with our heart uh, heart disease, and that that, uh, that was not oh, the no, problem. Oh, sorry, that fat. Sorry, I got saturated so excited. fats. Saturated fat was the problem with our heart disease, and sugar was no problem. You could eat as much sugar as you wanted. Yes. and that was the because they were some from, from Harvard. People paid attention to them, and they educated an awful lot of the people that went to run around and head up nutrition departments around the country. If mm-hmm. you had a degree from Harvard in nutrition, you know it's pretty easy for you to get a, a job that end, ended up uh, heading up a nutrition department at other places. Yes. So this they they infiltrated the whole whole healthcare system, and it's backwards and upside down. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you need to cut the sugar and increase the saturated fat. Yeah. And so it's it's uh, it's really a. An incredible thing, and I say, Lustig's talk at the uh, uh, at the Museum. Museum of the Rockies this Thursday night, five thirty, will be a life changing experience for you if you can make it. I t- I definitely tell you that I was
0: blown away by the simplicity in which he explains it, and uh, the, the 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 way that you can imagine it, what is indeed happening, and that, and as he says, we are totally in charge. We, if we decide to apply ourselves. We can actually change we can actually solve the healthcare care problem, we can solve the social security problem, we can solve the Medicare problem, and we can make America happy again.
1: And we can recoup the money that we're now putting into the national debt every year. Yes, we won't have to do that anymore. And yes. isn't that amazing? It is amazing. Our kids are going to have to deal with that national debt. Yes, and and so this could save money or, that's or now move to going out of country. Well, save <laughs> money that's going into now going into health care costs, yeah. which is going up and up and up uh, and up. And would have to, we won't have any national debt national debt anymore yeah. if we implemented this. Mm, Professor so. Dratz is on my show.
0: Ed Reds, uh, a professor of chemistry and biochemistry at Montana State University. We are discussing the book, The Hacking of the American Mind, which discusses the science behind the corporate takeover of our bodies and brains. Very, very interesting uh, legwork that Dr. Lustig, Robert Lustig has done. A tremendous amount of uh, references in the back of his book. So he has done his research. He has had a whole team helping him. To get all this together, and he does that in the acknowledgments in the back of the book, where he thanks everybody involved. Uh, he realizes too that you cannot do this on your own because there's so much going on since he wrote the book and all the lectures he 's doing right now, he has retired from uh, being a medical doctor in the neuroscience department, so he, well, he, he's, still a, uh, he's he's still on still a the medical.
1: faculty, but he 's not seeing patients anymore because he's I so see. busy going around being a warrior to try to get people to reduce their sugar content right Good morning, caller. Thanks for joining the program. What is your name? How can we help you, please? My
4: name's Linda, and I hey, want to thank you for the show. It's just wonderful. Oh, thanks, And I Linda. wanted to ask, what about, what about sweeteners like stevia and erythritol? Is that, is that okay?
1: Uh, stevia is probably just fine. Uh, erythritol, I don't know what that must be, a, uh, a sugar alcohol. And I'd have Rump. to look into that one in more detail. I know stevia is fine. Stevia okay. is fine. What about xylitol? Now, one of the things is though if you use these other sweeteners you know what you have to be aware of is it increases your your desire for sweet that uh there's been a lot of studies of people switching to you know uh, sugar-free diet sodas and this that and the other and sugar-free this and but but it's all got artificial sweeteners and that uh, also stimulates your same pathways that uh giving pleasure and so it's a little, you know, you can do it, but you should try to sort of wean yourself off it because it, it it tends to get you to cut corners and maybe eat things that have sugar in them that you wouldn't ordinarily. Now, if you control, it, if you cook your own food, then you'll probably be okay. But if right. you if you're you know out and out and about, then you uh, will have more of a tendency to have things that have uh, have sugar in them. So uh, the stevia itself won't have any physiological problems but it will tend to uh, prolong your desire for sweet.
4: Very good. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, good luck to you. Bye-bye. Uh, from
0: the text line, Ed, it says, yep. Hello, gentlemen. Is it true yep. that Splenda, an uh, artificial sweetener, Splenda, metabolizes the same as sucrose fructose in the body?
1: Boy, you know, I don't know that. I think what it does... I think it slows down the develop uh, the generation of sucrose, but I would have to check into that. I am to bow out on that one. Okay. Splenda, yeah. So
0: what about? Um, I thought that erythritol is a grape sugar. I thought I it is, but it can it's a cause that alcohol.
1: Sugar alcohol? I don't, I don't know. I'd have to. You know, I haven't checked into some of these little things off to the side like that. I probably should. Okay, but uh, I haven't done it yet. So I have what to about xylitol? It. What do you know? Xylitol about? is another is another uh, uh, sugar alcohol. I think some people are very sensitive to xylitol. Well, it I upsets know. their stomach. That's Upsets right. their digestion. You know, there's a really a rampant um, thing that happens in people of when their digestion is upset. It, it makes it hard for them to absorb nutrients from their diet. Even if they have yeah. a pretty good diet, yeah. they can have trouble absorbing the nutrients they need. Yeah. So the digestive health is really important, and like a lot of kids that have autism, have gastrointestinal problems. Almost all of them, I understand. Yes, and and so they're not absorbing the uh, their, the the nutrients from their diet very Correct. well. Even if they're getting a pretty good diet. Yes, and they're even if they're eating it, yes. they're not absorbing it very well.
0: Yes. Good point. Uh, another question from the text line, uh, I missed the coffee recipe for saturated <laughs> fats.
1: Please repeat, and what's that for energy? Bulletproof coffee is for long-term energy. It's for long-term mental energy that lasts for many hours. And so uh, uh, strong coffee, I guess you could make it out of decaf, actually, if you wanted to, but I don't do it that way. And you use a couple tablespoons of, of uh uh, salt, unsalted butter. How about I mean, ghee? You like you, ghee Ghee also? would be fine. Yeah, ghee would okay. be just fine. It's the fat you want. Yes. And, and uh, you could use salted butter, but it doesn't taste quite as well. Good and, point. and then a couple of tablespoons. Uh, the ones, things that work best are um, uh, purified from coconut oil. There's an MCT oil, medium-chain triglycerides, and you can get that in various places. That's very good. It's more easy to absorb by the body. And then there's one called brain octane, which is the shortest chain from coconut oil. And that's the most efficiently processed into these ketone bodies. So you just blend that together. I use, and Jacobus uses a little blender that just fits in a cup. Yeah, one of you those to things use, with the knives on the bottom. Yeah, you, you have to use, up. yeah, it just it, it goes in the cup. Yeah. And you have to use a cup that's kind of big because you shouldn't, Fill your cup any more than about two thirds full, Correct. or it'll spill over when you run your. Yeah, you kind of you kind of squeeze the uh,
0: the the button. You don't yeah. just hold it; you just kind of give it a few shots yeah, here few and shots, there until it gets yeah. all blended. Yeah,
1: and then I generally add a little cool water because it's too hot to drink. But, really? Uh, yeah, I, I
0: mean, add more coffee when, when I have to fill coffee. up the coffee more to coffee. fill up the cup.
1: Okay.
3: Yeah.
0: Okay. Well. Okay. So that is the recipe. It's called bulletproof coffee. Yeah. And it is for both energy and for nutrition. But it's for
1: long-term too. energy. It 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 stays with you for for many hours, and your brain works works well. At least for me. You know, different people are different, and it may not work as well for some as others. But it works well for me. All right. Five two 522-8255. Good morning, caller.
0: Your name, please. How can we help you?
4: Uh hi, my name is Martina. Hey, Martina. And I ha- hi, I had a quick question. Um. Can you create the same problem by if you're eating too much fruit and, like, maybe, let's say, for example, you're making a smoothie and you're putting, like, I don't know, five, six cups of uh, spinach, some chia seeds, hemp seeds, kind of a thing, and then you add for sweetener, you know, a couple of bananas or a banana or maybe instead a couple of dates. Is is that going to be this basically the same as adding sugar?
1: Yeah, it's the same as adding sugar, pretty much. Uh, yeah, I think you want to keep the sugar down. Uh, also, a lot so of women, a powerful. lot of women, I can add, I, a lot of women, <laughs> I can add, yeah. uh, have problems with low blood pressure. Huh? I don't know, uh, and and that if you have low blood pressure, it tends to bring on headaches uh, and and you know brain fog and things. And an awful lot of uh, women have problems with that. Some men. And if you have too many vegetables, that's high in potassium, low in sodium. So uh, people like that maybe could benefit from more salt. But I don't know how you're going to make your smoothie palatable. Oh, you're gonna I, you can have a little know. bit of. You have a little bit of. I make a very palatable uh, smoothie. Oh, you fruit. ought to give your give your recipe at the store. Well, I and can do and put that. Put it on your website. Sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't make what? smoothies. I don't make smoothies, so uh, I don't know. But Jacobus does, and he has some good recipes. What's that Martina?
4: What did you say that you make a what?
1: I make a protein shake that is very palatable.
4: Oh really? Without yeah. sugar? Yeah.
0: I just and- I add I add a big handful of lettuce or spinach or whatever you want to add. If you want to do kale, which can be hard on your thyroid if you have a thyroid problem, but just uh, grab some lettuce, a handful like you would put in a regular salad, and then you add uh, like a protein powder that is sweetened with stevia. That is, for example, vanilla. Wow, stevia, or stevia
1: is the uh. secret ingredient. Well, uh.
0: it is. But then I add some cinnamon. <laughs> I add fish oil that tastes like lemon, uh, that has lemon oil in it. I add uh, coconut oil, which tastes like coconut. Flaxseed oil is like nutty. I add a tablespoon of uh, beautiful almond butter in there, and I do, um, um, I can, I do some beet beet powder in there. Beets are sweet, and uh, so, and then I add water. And I, I blend it all together, and what happens is is that you have a shake that looks green, but it is
1: rich in protein, rich in fat. So I do the flax, the coconut, or the MCT. I do the fish. I so the only the- problem he has is he has trouble not uh, avoiding ripping the doorknobs off the doors after he drinks <laughs> that. but you don't
0: need to add anything and i don't need to add fruit and and it is just like people who have to go saltless or sugarless eventually your taste buds are changing and start picking up on the on the beauty of the fruit uh, itself but don't
1: go too saltless unless well you monitor your blood pressure and see Well, we gotta
0: run martina thanks very much okay bye bye -bye. edward Ratz, thank you so much for being here and uh, it's always a joy to have you see you next time
2: Integrative Medicine, the future of healthcare. AM
1: 1450 KMMS, Bozeman 1340 KPRK Livingston, where Montana talks.